0: Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to share it as well.
1: Get it? It's adventure music.
0: Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show.
2: Gary
3: Hoffman.
4: Yeah. baby. Shannon Barron. I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. It's just, it's
3: Gary and Shannon. You're a You're
2: The group Looking Glass, the year 1972. As the hits get bigger, the numbers get smaller. We uh, debated between. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Group group huddle. We went over 1971. There's some solid hits. There are some solid gold smashers in 1971. Everybody, this big one of them. Uh, Brandy's, one of my all-time favorite songs. And and this is, by the way, this is why I'm king of the karaoke, because of Brandy. This is such a great song. Wait, bring this part up.
3: Am
2: Am I right? Guardians of Galaxy 2 had you at the beginning because they used this. When Kurt Russell's driving around with uh, with uh, with Chris Pratt's mom, and great use of brandy, and and if you knew, it doesn't it just means it happened in 1971 or later, I guess. it turns out they can record these things. But uh, now what a great song! He gave, uh, Remember, he came uh, one day with uh, with the finest locket, well, the locket made of the finest silver from the north of Spain, but he made it clear he couldn't stay. The ocean was his home. So why would you get involved with that guy? He sounds like a major a hole, like like most sailors. But anywho, but so the debate is uh, producer Nick Viverka and I started clicking on Billy. <laughs> you know the the martial arts series Billy Jack. He's 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 fifty percent white, fifty percent Indian, a hundred percent misunderstood. Uh, former Green Beret Vietnam vet Tom Laughlin is Billy Jack. Well, one of the Billy Jack movies <clears throat> had a hit that year, One Tin Soldier, and for some reason it was a hit, and I want to say it was 72. So I'm I'm just suggesting, I understand that Gary and Shannon like to do a flashback year and stick to that year, but I'm, I'm just saying, let's just fold in some 71. Let's do some 71. Okay. The, there was, and, I, and you know what? You, were, you take responsibility for 72, I'll do 71. We can ping pong. We can top each other. I'm, I'm telling you, watch out. 71 was a, a pretty shallow year for, for some, uh, some golden gashers. That's um, uh, the Gary and Shannon show. Brian suits filling in for Gary and Shannon. I was communicating with Blake Done, the, uh, the titular engineer and uh, producer Nick Viverka, and uh, Julie Slater, who I've never actually worked with. How you doing? Hi there. Um, I'm good. So uh, yeah, kind of a Debbie Downer day. There's, there's, there's a lot of uh, Trump uh, audio today that we, we can get to because. Trump, as he was getting on the helicopter at at approximately uh, 6 6 a.m. Pacific time, um, sat there and did almost like a stream of consciousness presser, as as we shall press conference with uh, the White House press corps, everything from the pardons to the rebounding ability of Dennis Rodman. I'm not kidding. um, And about whether or not he would pardon O.J., he said that he's considering thousands of pardons, that the power of pardon power is a great thing. Um, and then someone asked, someone asked the question, what about O.J.? So if you're standing by for that answer, that's called a tige. Uh, but uh, head, heads up in, in Brentwood, uh, you may not like the answer. And that's a that's a, a red herring, uh, by the way. <clears throat> and, uh, so we'll get to that. The president's leaving the G7 summit early so that he can hop on a plane and uh, get to Singapore for the summit. And uh, as a programming note, uh, Fox News and Fox Business on Monday night around 9 p.m. Pacific, they're going to start live coverage. uh, And I'm part of that. So I'm going to be sitting in the studio here in L.A. between at least 9 and midnight, possibly 9 and 3 a.m., providing color commentary uh, ongoing uh, commentary for the uh, the Singapore summit, so that that'll be at least on Fox Business and uh, possibly on Fox News. So I will wear my red and blue striped tie, so that'll uh, that'll be fun. Uh, but the presidents at the G seven today, and they're they're going to do the uh, this. There's a lot of tension right now. Um, President Emmanuel Macron of France uh, canceled the Trump Macron. Meeting those two have a have a bromance, and so it, uh, it's it, it's a, uh, it's a it's a bitter pill. It's a it's a jagged knife in the back by Emmanuel Macron to cancel the Trump meeting because this is a, he's not going to be there forever. He's just going to be there for a little bit of time. Macron is also speaking for Europe, saying, "Well, we can have six-way uh, trade deals. We don't have to uh, have the United States." And he's absolutely wrong on that one, by the way. And Canada, last we checked, not in Europe, but but regardless. Uh, he he tweeted out a quick little video about half an hour ago of Angela Merkel of, of Germany, uh, the Italian prime minister of the month, uh, and then Theresa May from Britain. And, you, you know, in completely ignoring the fact that as we speak, the British are chewing their arm off to get away from Europe. They're basically going coyote ugly to get out of the EU. And so he's in complete ignorance of that, by the way. Where would we if California were in the G seven? <clears throat> the G seven uh, is the uh, United States, UK, France, Germany, Italy, Canada, Japan. Where would we be? What what size economy? How would the G seven look if California was in the G seven and we made it the G eight? Where would California be? It would go like this: United States, Japan, Germany, California. U.K., pardon me, France, U.K., then Italy. Um, the, the president said something uh, a little off the wall this morning, uh, questioning why Russia is not in the G7, why it went from the G8 to the G7. Um, there's two reasons for that. Reason one is because in 2014 the Russians seize a piece of sovereign terrain from a sovereign territory from the Ukraine called the Crimea, regardless of the fact that the majority of people in Crimea are Russian or whatever. You, you're just not allowed to do that. Um, but Putin did. There have been precious little sanctions or or cost to him. Effectively, in doing nothing, we're rewarding him. But a thing, too, the other reason he was kicked out of the G8 with really not um, a a, a tear shed is because Russia is a first-rate military power with a fourth-rate economy. The Russian economy is smaller than Italy's. Italy's GDP is larger than Russia. Russia's economy is so heavily dependent on exporting natural gas, and they have signed these long-term leases with the Europeans – and the, the truth is, if we want to talk free markets, we could bankrupt Russia overnight if those leases could be broken. But there are substantial penalties penalties for breaking these long-term gas leases with Gazprom, the Russian uh, gas uh, monopoly. And the, the fact is, we can put natural gas in what's called LNG, liquefied natural gas. We can We can fill ships with liquefied natural gas in New Orleans, and the terminal has just been completed and ship natural gas to Bordeaux, France, and put it in the European market, and we would lowball the Russians about 20 cents on the dollar. That is how cheap natural gas here is in the United States. That's how cheap it is. But we can't do that. We won't do that. And with President Trump, we're not going to do that. Um, and he he claimed to be really tough on Russia, but as he was leaving at this press conference, he he advocated for Russia to come back into the Make the G7 back into the G8. So that's part of the reason this is going to be a really short visit uh, for the president of the United States at Charlevoix, Quebec. Uh, so there's going to be a group photo, and then he's pretty much going to be hauling ass. And I think they told the helicopters not even to shut down, just idle, you know, or whatever. Um, all right, we'll uh, take a break. When we come back, well, a celebrity oh, – our super segment? Okay, well, celebrity committed suicide, so we have to talk about it. Uh the uh, in increase in suicide or the incidence of suicide is uh, uh, is marked by the, the CDC. The Centers for Disease Control says that the suicide rate is up 16% just in Georgia. It's up, uh, I want to say, a 30% increase in suicide rates between 1999 and 2016. And it's got to a point, There's this is an interesting um, death fact for you. <clears throat> Before I play you this audio, this Anthony Bourdain audio, But um, 30 years ago, homicides uh, were at twice the rate of suicides. And suicides for a long time were sort of flatlined as as gun violence, as violence in general, not just handgun or rifle, violence in general, not just firearm violence, but violence in general has undergone or has experienced a 30-year decline in the United States, by the way. Regardless of what you hear about certain astronauts married to congresswomen saying it's an epidemic or certain gubernatorial candidates with great hairdos saying that there's an epidemic there's in fact not an epidemic of gun violence it's the opposite it's actually decreasing and you can't catch it from me so th- that's the truth about homicide so what what's what's weird about that is that it's left suicide high and dry so when you hear someone talking about gun viol- victims of gun violence more than half of those numbers are suicides And so you can talk to mental health professionals all day long. How do you prevent suicide? Well, the quick answer is you don't. How do you recognize suicidal behavior? Well, there are some that are common, but if you know anyone who's committed suicide, you probably are as gobsmacked as I was when a friend of mine committed suicide, who also laid it out in a note what it was not. He was in financial problems, and he was embarrassed, and he couldn't live with himself, and he, and he laid out what it was not, what the because he did not want to be to go into this mythical number of uh, veterans who commit suicide uh, every day. There's, by the way, this is this annoys me because on a day like today, when Anthony Bourdain killed himself, a guy with everything, he couldn't find a reason to live. Uh, he, he killed himself, uh, and we're going to hear that number again today, that 22. So here's what happened a couple weeks ago on his show. Parts unknown, he visited Argentina. Uh, And one of the things that he mentioned when he set up the visit to Argentina is that Argentina, uh, and I don't know how you know this, I I guess unless this is something that you're interested in, but Argentina evidently has a very healthy psychiatric industry or something like that. He was very, he said that the mental health treatment in Argentina is uh, some of the best in the world. How that, what the context of that is in an eating show, I don't know. But then again, Anthony Bourdain. In the show, would get into politics, he would get into economics, he would get into immigration law, things like that. But My only experience with with the show is that on Sunday nights, when I'm here doing the hours and hours and hours of uh, prep work that I that, that go into Super Hyper Local Sunday, your Los Angeles weekend wrap-up show of record, we always have it on. It's on it, it is what's on CNN on Sunday nights, is Anthony Bourdain back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. So I, I got to see a lot of it. And I liked it. I liked the show. I liked his presentation. I liked whoever was directing it. And I liked the fact that the guy uh, is is not virtue signaling uh, about the fact that he likes to have a beverage when he eats. I, I do too, and I don't want to feel bad about it. He he always talked about pairing wines. He always tried the local rot gut. Uh, if he was if he was in Turkey, if he was in Korea, whatever he would try the local. He would also try local beers and talk about how they paired with the food and the local food and stuff like that. It was terrific. It was a, it was a total package of a show, a really, really cool show. Um, I had no idea that evidently the guy um, knew and, and uh, was resigned to the fact that he, he suffered depression. So he's in Argentina, and part of the bit on the show, and again, this is a cooking show, he lies down with a psychiatrist in the show for about two minutes to self-analyze and talk about what sends him into fits of depression. So this is just a couple weeks ago. This is Anthony Bourdain lying on a couch with a uh, psychiatrist in Argentina.
4: So, Tony, what brought you here?
2: What
3: brought me here? Uh, Well, things have been happening. Like, uh, I will find myself in an airport, for instance, and I'll order an airport hamburger. It's an insignificant thing. It's a small thing. It's a hamburger, but it's not a good one. Suddenly I look at the hamburger and I find myself in a spiral of depression that can last for days.
2: He, he's not kidding, by the way. Uh, he wrote about this. It, it sounds like a trifle. It sounds like a, a pretty trivial thing to get depressed about. But if you, if you know anyone who is a, a manic depressant, uh, you, you know that it, didn't, it doesn't take much to send them into multi-day funks so anyway here's that again hamburger
3: yeah. but it's not a good one suddenly i look at the hamburger and i find myself in a spiral of depression yeah. that can last for days george orwell said something that really upset me if he talked about human beings are essentially tubes into which we shove food mm-hmm. and this is my job i travel around the world with these people and and they turn on the cameras and then for a certain period of time my job is to shove food into my face I feel like uh, a Kazimoto the hunchback of Notre Dame Yeah. If, if, if he stayed in nice hotel suites with high thread count sheets that would be me I feel kind of like a freak, and I feel very isolated. I communicate for a living, but I'm terrible at communicating with people I care about. There's the evil cheeseburger that sets me off, the evil hamburger. Suddenly, I'm super.
2: And and that's that's key. Here's a guy with an 11-year-old daughter. And, and he's uh, he has the self-awareness to know that he has this tremendous weakness for communication.
3: I feel kind of like a freak, and I feel very isolated. I communicate for a living, but I'm terrible at communicating with people I care about. There's the evil cheeseburger that sets me off, the yeah. evil hamburger. Suddenly I'm super depressed for days. It's like that with the good stuff, too. I have a couple of happy minutes there where I'm thinking, ah, oh, life is pretty good.
2: So that was on TMZ. They found that and uh, put that up. I'll, uh, I'll tweet that out. Um, and so the other part of this at TMZ was revealing was he had been seeing this model named Asia Argento. And if that, is, if that rings a bell, um, it was about eight months ago or so that that audio came out. Asia Argento was the model who wore a wire for the NYPD and uh, confronted... Harvey Weinstein, or, or rather came to the appointment that Weinstein made for her up in his room. Uh, and so she was the one who wore that wire. Um, and so uh, Bourdain had been seeing her. I don't know how they met or what the deal was, but they, they had been uh, uh, seeing each other just a few weeks ago. There's a very uh, affectionate photo of the two of them in Florence, Italy. And then uh, they were they wrapped in Hong Kong. Just a few, uh, actually, just just last week, the show wrapped in Hong Kong. And then, evidently, Anthony, Anthony Bourdain had a uh, sort of a, a change in aspect from from Hong Kong on uh, when he went to France to shoot these episodes in France. Uh, she did not accompany him, and then according this is this is again this is uh, what uh, TMZ is saying. She's seen uh, she's Italian. She she went off to Rome where she was seen uh, huggy kissy with a photographer with a professional photographer. So it would appear that uh, there was um, there was a breakup or or something. So uh, we uh, we don't know except that he he was you know you hear him describe himself. As, uh, i don't know if that's manic d- depression or not we actually uh, we're, we might have uh, dr wendy on uh here at the bottom of the hour just to play that for her and again you know obviously uh, you know she, he was not her patient and we're not you know we don't have his files and the whole thing but but uh, just to you know as, as a loose impression could this be uh, tied together my my dad was an air traffic controller in the faa and some other jobs and he was a manic depressant um, and one of one of the one of the, um, one of the danger signs uh, is is um, in in addiction leading to suicide is heavy cigarette smoking, uh, and and heavy heavy drinking. And uh, my dad wasn't a real big drinker, but he was he was an air traffic controller. He did he smoked two packs a day, and and he very much was a manic depress, depressive. And if something triggered him, and I never I really never talked to him about it because he came out of it later in life. But when he was triggered, he would literally go back to my mom, dad's bedroom, and he would stay there for two or three days. <clears throat> and my mom would just say, "Don't bother your dad. You know, don't be loud in the pool. Um, don't bounce things out the window. You know, just you know, don't make noise." And uh, when he retired from the FAA, he th- there were uh, some antidepressant drugs that he was on, and then and eventually he sort of pulled himself out of it. And and it was uh, it, it was a lot better, but I, I do remember when I was like nine and ten and eleven, uh, that he would be just out of the mix for for two or three days. So uh, so that you know it, that was something that he came out of. I don't know about Anthony Bourdain, um, but uh, I, I I guess uh, we'll see. This is going to be one of these days, though, and this this frustrates me when there's a lot of sort of misunderstanding about suicide and then sometime by the end of today, someone's going to say, well, um, with a celebrity committing suicide, maybe, you know, it's a good time to reflect on the fact that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. And you've heard that. I know you've heard that. It was all over Facebook last year and the year before, people doing that 22 push-up challenge and all that. That annoys me because one of the worst things about suicide is, uh, is the, the stigma uh, of suicide. It's on Vietnam veterans though they do not have a suicide rate higher than the general population. Um, That 22 number made people think that the inference was, I I inferred, and I think that number implied, even though it's been debunked by the Washington Post, that people got the impression that Iraq and Afghanistan veterans were the ones at a rate of 22 a day killing themselves. Here's here's the truth about this. Uh, Many hundreds of people commit suicide every day. And uh, a couple of years ago, like in 2012, the VA did a study. They studied 20 states um, uh, that had studied suicide. So it was a study of studies. <clears throat> and most I don't know if most people are aware of this or not, but there are two cohorts in society that are responsible for the majority of suicides. It's males, 17 to 28, 29, and then it's males, 65 to 80. And the deal was when they counted up the number of, of males, uh, the 65 to 80, they applied the likely uh, the percentage of them that served in the military, which was like 10 to 15 percent. And then they did that for the 17 to 29 year olds. And out of all the suicides, they came up with like a four percent military service rate. And that's how you got that 22 number. It was deeply flawed. The, 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 the truth is is that uh, troops who have deployed to combat, males, 18 to 29 who have deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, have a lower suicide rate than young men who have never been in military service. And you heard me right on that, by the way, that people who have served uh, have a lower suicide rate than people who have never worn the uniform. Um, It it is a male thing, a male teenage and early 20s, mid-20s thing um, that's the truth of it. It's tragic unto itself. It, it, you don't need to suddenly add, uh, you know, that that factor that, well, 22 veterans. Well, you know, I would just, uh, I would contend that if someone commits suicide at the age of 79, it's most likely not because of something that happened to them when they were 19. I, I don't know, but I'm just, that's that's my uh, my wild-ass guess on that one. So uh, that is, that. that's what we're seeing on, on TV today is a lot of talk of suicide and the increase in suicide that the CDC has uh, come up with and that's and at that point i would say you know what stop your 22 uh, push-up challenge if suicide in, in in america is uh has a 30 percent increase uh, between 99 and 2016 then then uh, we, we have bigger problems than that so uh, so that, because that means not just veterans it means non-veterans it means sagittarius it means left-handed people it means prius drivers uh so i i didn't know that suicide in general was up since 1999 which, is, which is, is, is odd to me. It's counterintuitive because we currently live, you and I here in 2018, regardless of what you think about gun violence or global warming or whatever, we live in the safest, healthiest, most prosperous time in human history, period. And so um, I, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that I don't have the right to say, why would anyone kill themselves at all right now? I understand. Uh, Things are bad for a lot of people. The the suicide rate in North Dakota went up 58 percent like in the past 10 years. Well, if you know anything about North Dakota's uh, past decade, North Dakota experienced explosive growth because of fracking and fracking jobs. So A lot of people moved to North Dakota for those jobs who've never experienced a winter um, like that. And and then the economy uh, began to uh, nosedive. So a lot of unemployed people, people in debt, people in foreclosure. You know, even for a forty thousand dollars house, if you can't pay for it, it's in foreclosure. So there's a lot of economic factors, and that's um, more, you know, not just mental health, but also economic factors are many times what put people over the top. So, so, uh, so th- there's there's a lot more to the numbers than just simply reading reading a number. Um, so we will uh, talk with Dr. Wendy here uh, after this break. We'll come back right after this. It's Gary and Shannon Show. Brian suits filling in. For GNS, back in a second, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk.
5: Like a movie star who gets burned in a three-way street Into number two A
2: movie queen to play the scene Of bringing all the good things out in need Such a great song. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Um... No, I'm trying to sort through what we know about Anthony Bourdain's life leading up to his uh, apparent suicide, reported suicide in France, uh, early Friday, uh, France time. And so we bring aboard in, in, uh, in honor of Dr. Wendy, a psychologist. We're playing Gordon Lightfoot. You know that song, of course, right?
5: Oh, good Canadian. <laughs>
2: um, if, you, if you could read my mind. That's right. Isn't that uh, prescient? Um, well, so I I don't know how well you can hear this, but there's an inter- interesting piece of audio from just a few weeks ago in Argentina, where as part of his show, uh, parts unknown, he he laid down with a psychiatrist in the show to self diagnose his triggers for depression. Um, mm. So I'll play you about a minute of this. So so listen to this, and <clears throat> I guess my question is, I mean, you you know obviously. Uh, you know you, you never treated him you, you i don't know if you ever met him or whatever you're just going off what you can hear but what i'm curious about is do you think he's re- actually telling the truth or do you think uh what you're about to hear is is kind of a, a bit
4: so tony what brought you here
2: what brought me here uh well things have been happening like
3: uh, i will find myself in an airport for instance and i'll order an airport hamburger it's an insignificant thing. It's a small thing. It's a hamburger. Yes. But it's not a good one. Suddenly, I look at the hamburger, and I find myself in a spiral of depression yes. that can last for days. George Orwell said something that really upset me. He talked about human beings are essentially tubes into which we shove food. Mm-hmm. And this is my job. I travel around the world with these people, and, and they turn on the cameras, and then for a certain period of time my job is to shove food into my face
2: so let me fast forward to him talking about his communication ability because this this Mm -hmm. rings to me like probably the most truthful part of this
3: isolated i communicate for a living but i'm terrible at communicating with people i care about there's the evil cheeseburger that sets me off the evil hamburger suddenly i'm super depressed for days it's like that with the good stuff too. I have a couple of happy minutes there where I'm thinking, ah, oh, life is pretty good.
2: And then evidently, his his girlfriend Asia Argento, the 42-year-old Italian model, they've been together for I guess for a little bit. Uh, it's uh, she was caught in a photo in Rome. Uh, he went to France. She went back home for a few days, and she was photographed. Touchy-feely, lovey with uh, a, a famous photographer there, a, y- a guy younger than Bourdain, walking around holding hands, arms around each other's waists uh, and, and all that. So hearing his self-diagnosis, what, what, what's your impression?
5: Well, you're going to kill me, Brian. I'm sorry, but I, I don't want to talk about what leads up to suicide or analyze him, and here's what you need to know that we as responsible media people have to underso- understand that suicide contagion is a real illness. And that's what I'd rather talk about, emotionally transmitted diseases. Did you know? And, and cl- you're talking about
2: like cluster suicides
5: oh, yeah. as well? Every time we talk about this, so for instance, when Marilyn Monroe took her own life, uh, in the one month after she took her own life, the suicide rate went up by 12%. That's 303 people who died compared to the same month a year earlier. After Robin Williams took his own life, we saw a 10% increase, and that continued for five months straight after his passing. Really? And in general, uh, suicide rates have gone up by 25% as media coverage of it has exploded. So I want to say two things. One, I'm going to say this phone number over and over and over. The Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255. And suicide has become one of the top ten causes of death in America. So, can we talk about warning signs? Because everybody needs to be on the lookout right now for suicide contagion. That is the big story. Well, I mean, let me
2: let me just ask you. Let me let me come at it from this angle. If you knew someone who said that to you, would that be a warning sign? Yes, absolutely. Someone, someone describing so, a trigger for deep depression. Yeah,
5: um, things like. You know, anxious behavior, depressive behavior, sleeping too little or too much, mood swings. I mean, he described mood swings. You know, I can have moments of happiness and then I'm back down again. Feelings of isolation. He talked about that, too. An increase in drug and alcohol use. Feelings of hopelessness. And here's the kicker, everybody. One of the most common symptoms of an impending suicide are sudden feelings of happiness just before The person, because they've made the decision, they're going to be able to take away their pain. And often in the weeks before they will suddenly start giving items away, almost they're doing their own last rites. Again, the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. We all need to be on red alert because we've had two people who are high profile, the media are covering like crazy, who have taken their lives in the last week. And this is a danger to the site. I mean, psychologists call it suicide contagion. I like to call them emotionally transmitted diseases. And, and, and is, I, is, I'm is, worried.
2: Do you think is the reason that people who are sort of on the fence, um, they, they, they they sense the grief and regret that people feel. They see it happening, well, and and they go, "Yeah, I'm going to do it."
5: In the same way that school shootings continue, media coverage of school shootings increases school shootings. Yeah, one, it gives people ideas. Oh, that's what you do. But secondly. You know, when we speak about people who have taken their own lives, we talk about how sad it was, how much we loved them, how accomplished they were, what amazing lives they had that was cut short too soon. And a person with severe depression, when they hear that, they think to themselves, oh, this is how people will see me when I die. This is the only way that people will understand me. This is the way that I will feel love.
2: Who, who uh, do we do we know economically? Who kills themselves more? Poor people, middle class people, rich people? Because it's you know, in case of Barney, he's doing
5: great. He's a TV star. economic lines, the highest group are men, middle yeah. aged men are the highest group, um, and and a lot of that has to do with and he kind of alluded to that in the interview. These when he said. I can go around the world and talk to all these people, I'm paraphrasing, but I can't have deep, you know, intimate conversations with the people I love or the people I'm closest to. So it's this emotional teaching that we really need to teach our boys. Our boys need to learn from the beginning to express their feelings. Now, the only feelings we tend to allow boys to express, of course, are anger and aggression, and we do tell them to keep that to the sports playing field um, or the playground, you know, don't. Don't you come home having lost a fight. You better win one, right? Um, and, and there is this crazy idea in our culture that if a man is emotionally sensitive or emotionally expressive, somehow we've connected that to feminine feelings or feminine traits. To
2: weakness, these, yeah.
5: Yeah, these are human traits. We all We are wired to bond. We all need to be seen. We all need to connect with others. And when you're running around the world, jumping on airplanes, meeting strangers all day long, increases your feelings of isolation. You can be completely lonely and isolated in a room full of people who are adoring you if you don't have real emotional intimacy.
2: And also, I wonder how much, you know, in, in the world that he was in, he's surrounded by people who are paid to tell him how awesome he is, how great that take was, how phenomenal that episode was. You nailed it. That was terrific. You know, everything is a superlative.
5: Yes and no, because, yes, a lot of people, when they're famous, live in the land of no-nos, where everyone says yes to them all the time and and compliments them. But they also know on some level that their life is very precarious, that one tweet sent the wrong time, you know, and everything can fall apart. And also there's somebody else coming up on their tail who's going to be the next whatever. And so... There is a lot of insecurity at the top that people underestimate. Uh, Again, I want to say the Suicide Prevention Hotline, so we can be responsible here on KFI, as we always are, it is 800-273-8255. If you know somebody who's been expressing uh, mood swings, deep feelings of sadness, anxiety, sleeping too little, too much, getting themselves very isolated, if you've seen an increase in drug and alcohol use and feelings of hopelessness, Please call the suicide prevention hotline. You will be advised on how you can help your loved one friend coworker don't be shy. pick up that phone. be the one to make the difference in somebody's life and save a life
2: and we you know at this point we don't even know if it's an accident you know there this, suicide literally also means like for instance Michael Hutchins, the lead singer from NXs who was in the middle of a auto asphyxiation episode mm-hmm. that went uh. Yeah turbo
5: and and also the terminology we use we use the terminology commit suicide like it's a crime you know like it's like it, you committed murder or something when the truth is it is for many people in deep distress it is the only pain reliever they can think of and taking their own life isn't a crime it is a disease and we need to fight this emotionally transmitted disease because it it is very contagious.
2: Okay, and give the number away. We have to break because even though the boss is out of town, we still have to sell commercials.
5: Yep. <laughs> the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255.
2: All right, Dr. Wendy Walsh, heard Thanks, every Sunday Ryan. 4 to 6 p.m.
5: I'm always here on KFI. Uh,
2: Oak- Oakley Oakley, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll you see too. you Sunday. Uh, all right, uh, we'll be back right after this Gary Chan show. Brian Suits filling in KFI AM 640. More stimulating
1: talk. Did you?
2: Six forty more stimulating talk. It's Gary and Shannon, Show Bryant, suits filling in. Of course, uh, Don McClain can be heard frequently on the Petros and Money show. Uh, he, he remains the Pac-10 and Pac-12's leading career scorer uh, because kids kids come out early now. Don McClain did four years there at UCLA. So that's why Don McClain, Dandy Don, the snake killer. That's why he's uh, down the hall usually quite a bit uh, there with Petros and Money. And uh, very, very little known, uh, his uh, musical chops as, as heard here. Um. So, uh, suicide on TV has recently been a bit of a controversy because Netflix has this show, Thirteen Reasons Why, and the the show basically dramatizes uh, the suicide. Of a uh, teenage girl. The show, this is is according to uh, San Jose Mercury News, which is about a girl who commits suicide but leaves behind a box of cassette tapes, giving 13 reasons why she chose to take her life. Uh, It's become a lightning rod for controversy as several parental groups and critics questioned whether the program glorifies teen suicide. Spoiler alert, it does. Uh, when asked about thirteen reasons why, in a subject matter, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, said quote, "Nobody has to watch it. It has been enormously popular and successful for us close quote so there so th- th- there's that um and I, I you know i i don't I don't know that there is such a thing as a TV show that could talk somebody into it yeah you know, in, into suicide that but uh, well, like what dr. Wendy was saying that there's this phenomenon. The that when it, when a celebrity commits suicide, and she was citing Robin Williams, uh, and uh, and others, and then uh, historically uh, Marilyn Monroe, that there was a measurable increase across the country in suicides, and the Marilyn Monroe suicide uh, was you know dominated the newspapers uh, back in the day, as well as infant TV news. Um, Of of course, Joe DiMaggio was involved because of his brief marriage to her. It was a it was a national thing. Uh, And Marilyn Monroe was, you know, the most glamorous woman in Hollywood. Um, And uh, and she died young and beautiful. And uh, there the the increase I I just checked this out. Significantly, the increase in female suicide went up after Marilyn Monroe died. On average, three and a half men commit suicide for every woman. And so it's really unusual for women to, to, to lead that. When Marilyn Monroe died, uh, it was women taking their lives. Uh, Robin Williams and that. And I just read that also, what she was saying. I, I didn't know. But remember, when Robin Williams committed suicide, it did dominate the news uh, for, for a month. And he was, he was far more, to be honest, I mean, with all due respect to Anthony Bourdain and, uh, you know, and, and his family and all that, Robin Williams was far more world famous than Anthony uh, Bourdain. Um, and so it's it's. Uh, – I'd be curious to see if there is a correlation between <clears throat> sort of the the, the the penetration of fame uh, and, and the number of suicides. And I don't know if it uh, affects people uh, in other parts of the world too. So people commit suicide for different reasons, for instance, in Japan and Korea than they do here, young people. Uh, the academic pressure is far, far different. But uh, many, many – there's, there's no one thing. There's no one reason. that uh, it's um, – Oh, I was going to get literate and and, and and quote the opening line to Anna Karenina, that uh, happy people are happy all alike. Unhappy people are unhappy in different ways. And I'm paraphrasing and speaking English. We'll be back right after this, uh, hour number two. We're going to talk about uh, Trump in Canada uh, before he leaves. This is going to be a really, really brief visit. He's uh, this is going to be less than a day for the G7 summit. He doesn't have a hell of a lot to say there. and They don't have a lot to say to him. Uh, that are more coming up. It, it, and also, will Trump harden OJ, that was a question fired at him this morning as he, as he got on the helicopter. He answered the, that and more coming up. Gary and Shannon, uh, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Scientologist. I'm Isaac Hayes. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It is the Gary and Shannon show. Brian filling in for Gary and Shannon next hour. I'm sorry, later on this hour. uh, Dean Sharp will come in. The home whisperer has uh, some tools to uh, demonstrate for all of us. I was about to say, speaking of tools, and then I'm not going to... Free Movie Friday. That's what today is with Adam Tickets. It's back. They're giving you a chance at free movie tickets. Text text them now. For the tickets, text the word REPORTER reporter, to ADAM1, A-T-O-M, numeral one. For your chance to win, it's the Adam Tickets app, where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip those stinky lines full of talking people. Standard data and text messages may apply. <clears throat> and I apologize to you, Julie Slater. I just I just totally brain farted uh, when, when I threw it to you. Oh, that's okay. Because literally we've never worked together.
1: I just pop in
5: here and there.
2: And yeah. I don't have the muscle memory, you know, of Monica <laughs> Ricks, you know, or whatever. So I have to practice my Julie Slater. Uh, if you're afraid of artificial intel- intelligence taking over anytime soon, like uh, Elon Musk is on record. He was on record outside of a restaurant 2 weeks ago here on on Wilshire he was he was talking about yeah i, I it was one of those idiot TMZ street guys with a video camera and he said oh robots are really going to take over and Elon Musk said well I, you know i have a great fear of this. well anyway uh, your fears may be allayed at least for now it's emerged that spilt butter was enough to confuse Amazon's robots. The company uses more than 100,000 robots to pick and carry products around its vast warehouses. But the man in charge of technology at Amazon's robotics division revealed the limits of the capabilities. Uh, He said, one time we had popcorn butter that popped off the shelf, goes down on the floor, and then it gets squished. So now you have this huge butter mess in the middle of the floor. And then the robots go, oh, there's something unusual there. Let me see if I can get an eye on it. And they all drive through, and when they were driving through, they'd slip. Then they'd have an encoding error, and they'd report it. Next thing you know, everyone's looking at spilt butter all over the floor. Hardly uh, hardly Skynet. So. Well, the president uh, left this morning around uh, 5.30 a.m. Pacific time getting on a, uh, a helicopter to Air Force One as he flew up to Quebec, which uh, is the part of Canada where all the hockey players come from. And it is for the G7 summit. He's made it pretty crystal clear that he's not really in a mood for anyone's monkey shines. <laughs> so so uh, certainly not that, uh, that uh, speaking of monkey shines, that little Emmanuel Macron, who is alternately your best friend. And uh, then he is uh, sniping at, uh, how do you say, ah, oh, yes, you're back. So even before Trump arrived, uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, said that, well, if America doesn't want to participate, then we can certainly have six-way economic treaties and trade treaties and, uh, and et-, et cetera. So what is supposed to happen, uh, because Trump can't stay there long because he's uh, heading – off he goes to, uh, to Singapore uh, probably by, by uh, Saturday morning or Sunday. So he's, he's going to bail out of there, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. But they are, they're supposed to do the group photo. And I thought that was 1 p.m. Eastern. So so in other words, did, did we miss the group photo fun? Um, I, I guess that if that happened, then it would have happened at 10 a.m. And we were otherwise engaged doing other stuff. But uh, I wanted to see the dynamic there of the group photo. I did see Trump with Trudeau pose for a photo, but, but it, I, it was just them. So, Was that today or was that at a prior meeting? I believe that was today, yeah. In uh, Duke, Canada. Okay, yeah, They
0: were standing talking. <laughs> he was chatting with them.
2: Um, So uh, one of the things that uh, is going to be an annoyance is uh, Russia was kicked out of the G8, rendering it uh, down to the G7 for a reason, because they weren't good guys, the whole invading Crimea thing. And then there's the other issue that their economy um, is a basket case, and they don't deserve to be in the same room with Germany, Japan, the United States, uh, France, the U.K., uh, Italy. Again, as I said last hour, if you're just joining us, if California were in the G7, Uh, We would be... It it would go like this. It would go United States, Japan, Germany, California, France, UK, Italy. Uh, And and then Russia, I believe, would be after Texas. Uh, No, Russia would be be like be after Florida. It's a a third-rate economy. But anyway, the president says that Russia should be back in the G8.
4: It used to be the G8 because Russia was in it, and now Russia's not in it. Now... I love our country. I have been Russia's worst nightmare. If Hillary got in, I think Putin is probably going, man, I wish Hillary won, because you see what I do. But which which makes no sense. If if Hillary had
2: won, he'd say, I wish Hillary had
4: won. Think Putin is probably going, man, I wish Hillary won, because you see what I do. But with that being said, Russia should be in this meeting. Why are we having a meeting without Russia being in the meeting? Because they export. Methane. They, act, they export
2: natural gas. They don't make anything. Uh, yesterday, the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., um, unprompted, loudly touted the fact that for the first time ever, Russia's agricultural exports outnumber their defense exports. So, the, so the Russia exports a lot of pew-pew, a whole lot, because it's good and it's relatively cheap compared to uh, Western stuff. Um, And because Russia has this long legacy of having a basket case of an agricultural sector. I mean, keep in mind, they're going from collective state-owned farms, um, you know, uh, approximately 30 years ago to a a private agricultural system. But uh, so he goes on.
4: And I would recommend, and it's up to them, but Russia should be in the meeting. It should be a part of it. You know, whether you like it or not. And it may not be politically correct, but we have a world to run. And in the G7, which used to be the G8, they threw Russia out. They should let Russia come back in because we should have Russia at the negotiating. Mm,
2: no, that's not what the G8 was for, nor what the G- – that's why China, by the way, is not in there. Um, b- because the, the now the G7 is, is effectively a as, – as free market economy plus democracy – uh, those two factors earn you membership into the uh, the G7, theoretically. So that's that's another reason why, why uh, Russia's not in there. Uh, so anyway, pardon, pardon fever is uh, hitting the White House, and uh, the president spoke to that.
4: There will be more pardons. Uh, I thought Alice yesterday was beautiful. I thought Jack Johnson, which was recommended by Sylvester Sloan and some great boxers, I thought Jack Johnson was a great one. I'm thinking about somebody that you all know very well and he went through a lot and he wasn't very popular then and he wasn't very popular then no i'm not thinking about oj
2: you can hear that guy yell uh he's because you see trump is is uh hinting who he's going to pardon next uh, and and you can tell he's wondering should i say it out loud or not or should i give hints and then the guy goes, will it be O.J.? He
4: wasn't very popular then, and he wasn't very popular then. No, I'm not thinking about O.J., but he's not. Only you could say O.J., but he's, uh, he was, look, he was not very popular then. He certainly, his memory is very popular
2: now. Okay, so with the hints so far, and it's obviously very, very general, and don't shout it out if you know the answer, but Julie Slater, do you know the answer? You I don't. You're, 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 oh, you don't? Okay. Who was very, very popular uh, in, in the past? And it sounds like it's a memory. sounds like someone who's passed away, who's dead, who is very, very popular uh, uh, worldwide and here in the United States. But he has a federal conviction for a thing. Um, and do you want me to hint, give you a hint what the thing was? And by the way, um, Blake and Nick. Wait, well, Nick, you know. Blake, do you know the answer who he's talking about? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure I do. Oh. Uh, all right, Julie Slater. He was convicted of draft dodge, do, oh. evasion oh. 1968. Are we getting closer? He, had, he was born with one name in Louisville, Kentucky. Born with one name, he converted to another religion and changed his name uh, and uh, declared that he could not fight a war against people who had done nothing to him. Convicted of uh, draft evasion. Did his time did his time nearly ruined his career but he got out hmm. do you want to know the answer of course the man born is cassius clay became muhammad ali Wow! but uh, don't don't believe me here's trump who can't even keep his own secret
4: i'm thinking about muhammad ali
2: I wonder, though, how many people in the White House press were, were even... I, I, I bet you there was a lot of, oh, Muhammad Ali, that's right. He had like four touchdowns in that one Super Bowl for the Vikings.
4: I'm thinking about that very seriously, and some others, and some folks that have sentences that aren't there, but I am thinking about Muhammad Ali. In fact, we're doing right now recommendations... On, you know, frankly, we're doing recommendations on Muhammad
2: Ali. Yet, uh, Ahmad Rashad remains uh, in. Uh, I'm sorry, he was never convicted of anything. So, so, uh, so anyway, that's that's the big reveal. Um, so, you celebrities, if you have a cause celeb or someone who is convicted uh, and did their time, remember that's part of a part of a thing of a pardon is you have to admit guilt, and if you've already been convicted, that's sort of a formality. Uh, all right, when well, we come back, um, a little more. Coming out of the G7 summit and a preview of what's going to happen <clears throat> really over the next 72 hours between now um, and and to the right of now. Uh, we are to the left of Singapore, but to the right of now, I'll tell you between uh, now and Monday what's going to be happening uh, in uh, Singapore and uh, the world's attention on that meeting. And also, breaking news, um, Trump and Macron, just can't, they can't quit each other. They did meet. They did meet. So uh, that and more. It's uh, the Gary Shannon Show, Brian suits filling in KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. I can't live,
5: is without you. I can't give, I
2: can't give anymore. Oh I love the Beatles. KFI AM six forty more stimulating talk. It is the Gary and Shannon show. Brian's it filling in. And uh, Dennis Rodman, I know you all want the Dennis Rodman update. Four hours ago, he tweeted out, I just retweeted this at Dark Secret Place. It's it's this montage picture of Trump with his thumb up, Rodman in the middle, wearing, of course, like a, a fur bra or whatever the hell he's got this week. However he self-identifies this week. On the, on the far right, his close personal friend, Kim Jong-un, and then there's crossed U.S. and uh, North Korean flags. And uh, Trump says, quote, Thanks to my loyal sponsors from PotCoin and my team at Prince Marketing. I will be flying to Singapore for the historical summit. I'll give whatever support is needed to my friends Real Do- at Real Donald Trump and Marshall Kim Jong-un. So a so big shout-out to PotCoin there. And is that a cryptocurrency I'm unaware of? Uh, evidently. PotCoin is a digital currency for the cannabis industry and community, man. Uh, if you actually think about it, uh, George Washington grew hemp. God, PodCoin sponsoring <laughs> Dennis Robinson to Singapore brought you by PodCoin. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they did. They just did take the picture. The, uh, the group picture that is the customary sort of, uh, well, it, what it really means is that the president of the United States is leaving, so the rest of you can just be the G6. But they just did the group picture and Trump was in the middle. President of the United States is usually in the middle when he stood next to on his right was Angela Merkel. And then to his left, uh, figuratively and literally, was uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of uh, Canada. And uh, they stood there for, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. They Then they did a group wave and then off they go. So uh, Trump gets on. A uh, helicopter gets back to Air Force One, comes back to Andrew's Air Force Base, packs his bags, and probably, I'll, I'll confirm this with the White House, uh, with the, uh, the calendar, gets on a plane, goes to Singapore, evidently late Saturday night, apparently, uh, gets there on what, what would be Monday Singapore time. So uh, I'll, uh, I better get this crap right. So uh, if you are watching Fox News or Fox Business Channel on Monday night, they're going to be going live around 9 p.m. Pacific with uh, continuing coverage of the summit in Singapore. And I'm going to be a part of that from here in Studio City. So I'll be live for like six hours providing color commentary and background, uh, as well as uh, Dennis Rodman's uh, total uh, career uh, average rebounds and his and his best single season, which I believe was his fourth season with the Bulls. Uh, so, uh, so that'll be uh, Monday night on your Fox affiliates, Fox News and Fox Business. So, uh, please enjoy. All right, uh, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, is coming in next with power tools. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll drill and hammer things. Right, it'll it'll be like four months ago all over again here at KFI. Uh, Brian Toon filling in for Gary and Shannon on KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. How about share everybody mobile KFI? I'm recording on a stimulating talk. It's uh, the Gary and Shannon show. Brian filling in. Sauntering in is, are, are the Whisperers. Um, house, uh, house and home. Uh, it's uh, Dean Sharp and his lovely wife. My lovely wife is here. Said, you guys should go. You should be house and home whisper. The Whisperers. Um, so I don't. All right, the, we'll
0: think about that, Brian.
2: With uh, thanks, it's, it's, it's marketing, man. It writes itself. Wednesday, you had power tools in. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I, I, I guess for one of the world's biggest power tools, Bill Handel. Uh, but what do you have uh, today here? If we're, we're Gary and Shannon, what are you going to do? Well, I'm still,
0: well Sunday show. Here, Here's the thing. Father's Day is coming up. Sunday's show is a week from Father's Day, so I'm taking advantage of it to do another Father's Day tool buying guide. So that's Ooh. why it's tools this week. Tools, tools, tools. I was going to bring in, I wanted to talk to you about air compressors, but I didn't want to bring my air compressor in. But but we're going to talk about it anyway, because air compressors are on the top of my list of tools that any and every DIYer should have.
2: They do 90 different things.
0: That's exactly the point. They drive a whole slew of pneumatic power tools, nail guns, finish guns. Uh, they, you put a spray attachment on the end to clean up the workshop and blow out the garage when you're done.
2: Oh yeah, that's ba- the push broom my ass. Watch exactly. This.
0: Get out the air compressor. Yeah. So the point is this: uh, professional quality uh, tools are the only things I ever recommend. I don't do the consumer tool thing for anybody. Buy a tool the right way, and buy it once and be done with it. But a professional quality finish gun air compressor. You can pick them up at like Lowe's and Home Depot, the same ones that we use on job sites every day with a hose and like three finish guns yeah. in the kit for like 199 bucks. Yeah, they're great. Get an air compressor, but I'm bringing a little a lesser known useful tool in that uh, a lot of dads will really get into. Why?
2: Because there are lasers. That was a setup. And no matter what any man says, n- no man turns down a tool for Father's Day. Even if he d- will never, ever use it. It, it, he just likes looking out there in the garage and saying, That's right. Look at those tools.
0: And most guys will never turn down
2: a laser.
0: <laughs> is that the second one? Laser leveler. <laughs> that one just, there we go. All right. So this is a, uh, this is a DeWalt laser level. Here's the thing. Let me turn it on. It has like three modes. I'm going to turn all of them. on. And on, on a flat surface, it is Boom. flat, okay,
2: which is key with laser Regardless,
0: levels. Regardless, so, where the, so Dean, so Dean is up
2: here on the. Uh, Dean oh. is holding, and we're f- uh, doing it live on on Facebook streaming. Yes. This, De- I thought it was Dewalt, but Dewalt uh, laser level. Uh, about uh, I, uh, a circa 1993 cell phone is about the size. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, and it's an interchangeable battery. It's a common rechargeable battery, right? It,
0: this actually takes.
2: Four double A Oh, pabbies. awesome. I the love that. The end. Four I double
0: So there's a reticle on the ceiling. There's a reticle on the wall over here. There's one on the floor. So this laser level casts,
2: And you can change what reticle it's shooting, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah got, I've one? got
0: all three on at the same time. But so the I'm point looking is, up. There's a... So if you want to cru- spot...
2: There's a cross at the top. Yeah. Cross. If you
0: want to spot a, a, uh, a ceiling fixture yeah. on the ceiling just by deciding where on the floor you want it centered on, a laser level... Now, it's... Like, I told Blake to, to give a sound effect every time I say the word lazy. That,
2: that was extraordinarily unwise. So the cool thing is, now this guy
0: costs a little over 200 bucks, But but professionals use it because it saves us so much time and it increases our accuracy on a job. So if professionals get that much benefit out of it, a DIYer will get that much more. It saves you trying to use a snap line and a level all the way uh, around a room. Those
2: filthy chalk lines.
0: You know, so it saves about four tools worth of work. You set it in the room, you turn it on, period. Let me get away from the mic. Uh, It's got got a cool magnetic mount.
2: Yeah, so you've got like a super strong magnet mount on the bottom. Is there a tripod mount? So you can sit it neutral in the very middle of a room, and it'll give you...
0: It has a clip where it can clip onto a surface. It's got another attachment where you can screw it into uh, a piece of exposed lumber.
2: The fact of the matter is lasers <coughs> are cool. And also uh, hanging hanging or uh, 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 artwork, pictures, things like if that. If you
0: want to hang all of the artwork all the way across the room... All relative to each other at the same. All you have to do is set this in the room and turn it on.
2: Friend of mine, the in, instead of lining up the top of the frame all the way, all these different size frames, he lined up the bottoms uh, all around a room. And it looked kind of cool. And I said, how'd you do that? And he said, laser. There you go. Laser leather.
0: So lasers and air compressors, don't uh, forget to consider those for Father's Day's gift oh, this year.
2: Let's say the kids don't have 200 large to drop on dad. <clears throat> Are there, uh, what What's the step down in quality? What, what can we get?
0: Let's not step down in quality. Let's just step down in the kind of tools. I mentioned this to Bill. There's a couple of them that I love. Number one, anybody who's a serious DIYer needs clamps. Yeah, Because you're out there in the garage or the workshop, you're out there alone most of the time, and whatever you're working on needs to be held in place. You can go... Get a set of uh, ratcheting clamps or hand clamps to just hold the work to the workbench. Pipe clamps. Starting at 15 bucks all the way up to 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 80 bucks. Clamps, they are the most cool and useful tool around. And if you have no idea, no idea what to get the DIYer in your life, do this. Go to mancrates.com.
2: Mancrates.
0: Mancrates.com has got a whole selection of stuff. They've got bacon crates. They've got barbecue crates. But here's the thing. They have gift cards that you can buy at mancrates.com that you can order uh, uh, in any denomination. But they will send it to you in a little crate. And you open the crate, and inside there's a ball-peen hammer. A pair of safety goggles and a concrete block oh, you, that says yeah. "Smash me."
2: <clears throat> you it take the, the ball peen hammer.
0: You smash the concrete block, and what what do they find inside? A gift card to their favorite hardware store or DIY center. Okay. It's the coolest way to give
2: a gift card. You mentioned clamps, so let me what, what we talked about off air. Right. Uh, clamps are a thing that I go to that one cheap place for because clamps are kind of perishable. You lose them all the time and all that. There's, they have an amazing array of clamps at that one cheap place, mm-hmm. uh, and they're really really cheap. Am I doing something wrong? Because I lose them, and I don't. If I pay twenty bucks for a clamp, that's two bucks at the really cheap place that, that rhymes with barber
0: Freight. Uh, You're talking about Harbor Freight, <laughs> yes. You're talking about Harbor Freight. Yeah. You want to know what I think about Harbor Freight? Yeah. For, I don't think about Harbor. For Freight.
2: For something like clamps, though, something like clamps. You know what? You, you lose all over the place.
0: If it's if it's a tool that you only need to use twice. By all means, go or to Harbor Freight.
2: Balsa Wood dino- there's, there's
0: my, Dinosaur Models. Yeah. Uh, you, you might want to consider just having Shannon on any normal day when she's here origami a tool for you. Yeah. Because they're about as durable.
2: Okay. So you're saying buy quality. Buy the right tool. If
0: you love your dad, buy quality. Buy it once. If yeah. you love yourself, if you're a DIYer, please never buy what they call a consumer grade tool there is no such thing as a consumer grade tool there are only good tools and bad tools buy the right tool buy it once the end
2: all right again the dewalt what what do we call it they go to home depot Lowe's, or 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 even amazon i guess what what are we calling it uh it's a dewalt laser level good
0: one he's still on it he's still on every time i say laser laser and they should be
2: paying approximately 200 bucks.
0: It's about 200 bucks, yeah. If you can find a friend of 200 you are getting a deal. You're gold. Yep.
2: Grab it. Uh, all right. Uh, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, and uh, his lovely wife, the Home Whisperer, uh, on Sunday. And uh, more more tools, tool preview, uh, coming Sunday. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, bro. All righty. Uh, back right after this, uh, Val Kilmer, unhinged, writing a really wacky reaction to Anthony Bourdain's suicide. We'll get that to you right after this. Gary and Shannon, Brian Seat filling in, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk I
4: got you. Uh-huh. Uh, you thought I didn't see you now, didn't you? Uh, uh-huh. Huh? You try to sneak by me now, didn't you? Uh-huh. Huh? Now give me what you promised, Meg. Give it me Jeff, come on!
2: If I am supporting our stimulating talk, it is Gary and Shannon's show. Brian Titt's filling in Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets is back. They're giving ye a chance at Free Movie Tickets. Text them now. Text the word REPORTER to ADAM1, A-T-O-M, numeral one, for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip the lines full of stinky talking people. Standard data and text message rates may apply. So we were debating, does this mean he gets kicked out of Top Gun 2 uh, or not? But Val Kilmer has posted, and I guess the backstory that you're supposed to know here is that Val Kilmer and Anthony Bourdain, I guess, were actually really close friends, apparently. So you have to know that context before you hear what he posted on Facebook. And, you know, keeping in mind that he's in grief, apparently, for, for a friend, uh, and, and that he did know him. But uh, Val Kilmer, uh, f- by the way, uh, how old Val Kilmer, uh, wild stab, within, within five years, how old is Val Kilmer? Should, I, should we do it? It's not worth a go- gas go around. Um, Nick Viverka, how old is Val, how old is Iceman? Uh, 58. How, how old is he, Blake? I'll go um, sixty. Three. Six, three, Julie Slater, Iceman. 56. 56. Nick is right on the nose. All right. 58. 58 is your Val Kilmer. You know what was on last night was Real Genius. That's one a great of the first one. Movie. great one. Great. Yeah. One of the all-time Hall of Fame, sarcastic, smart-ass movies of all time. Uh, Val Kilmer mourned the death of Anthony Bourdain by slamming the late chef for ending his own life. Quote, Oh, the dark, thick pain of loss, a selfishness. How many moments away were you from feeling the love that was universal? From every corner of the world, you were loved. So selfish. You gave us a cause to be so angry. Uh, he wrote on Facebook earlier this morning. Gilmer claimed that a spiritual guide told him that suicide is the most selfish act a human can execute. I, I concur. Uh, and rhetorically questioned the Emmy Award-winning host of Parts Unknown... Uh, star about the circumstances and methods of his suicide, <clears throat> uh, including asking if he cheated on girlfriend Asia Argento before killing himself. Bourdain hanged himself in his hotel room in France. He was 61. Um, uh, I guess he says he and millions of fans, this is Val Kilmer, says he and millions of fans were selfishly angry that Bourdain left them behind. Uh, He says um, he considered naming his new studio Bourdain's and then managed to relate the author and TV personality suicide and internal struggles to his. uh, And I didn't know this. Val Kilmer had a battle with throat cancer. So here's Val Kilmer relating Bourdain's suicide with his throat cancer. Quote, would you have taken your life two years ago when, like me, you were uh, unable to take in food and move it with your tongue over your taste buds because your tongue was too swollen, is too swollen? I think and dream and plan on eating and tasting and enjoying every meal I've ever enjoyed and every meal I've learned to enjoy in my imagination, he writes. He goes on. Uh, although I've never met a meal I didn't like in the last 40 years. Have <laughs> you seen them lately? That's it's true. Uh, except anything with too much cilantro. Was that it? You woke up and realized you were no longer hungry? And that even with a young daughter at home, you would never be hungry enough again uh, to want to take in breath? Was your father's hate so present, still so present, as to cloud over every last sunny moment of every single damn day, Anthony? Close quote. Kilmer continued ruminating on the darkness in the world and the empty space Bourdain's absence uh, has left within the world. And he ends with a cryptic note. This is how Val Kilmer's Anthony Bourdain screed ends. Quote, you left too soon, my friend. I fell asleep to watching you enjoy Uruguay last night. It was a rerun, but I always find something I didn't see before. You left too soon, and I'm going to prove it. He should have had like a Top Gun. Like He should have clicked his teeth together and said, you're unsafe. But uh, there you go, Val Kilmer. I mean, I don't want to throw Val Kilmer under the bus. I think suicide is a very selfish thing to do. The ultimate, most selfish suicide is suicide by cop. are are the people it's just almost nearly unique it's it happens around the country but i think it was invented here in la uh the the thing where you make a cop kill you so now you have a cop spending the rest of his life his or her life because you took a, a toy gun something that looked like a gun you couldn't do it you make a cop do it we see that a lot around here and it's amazingly selfish horrible thing to do not what anthony bourdain did he committed suicide uh leaving behind an 11-year-old uh, daughter and so and, and and she has to see all this coverage all day long about this. Uh all right, we'll be back right after this uh when when we come back uh, more on uh, Trump in Singapore also what is trending today in uh we'll we'll check it with ABC news Paul Paul Manafort more charges on Paul Manafort they're, they're clearly turning the screws on him uh to get him to squeal. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Gary Shannon Show, Brian Suits, filling in KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. 6:40 more stimulating talk. It is the Gary and Chen Show. Brian sits filling in for Gary and Shannon. I think this falls under the category of feel-good rock and roll by the Three Dog Night, 1971. Our, we're splitting today's uh, today's year uh, between 1971 and 1972? Uh, President Trump is still in Quebec, Quebec City, wrapping up his participation in, in the G7 summit, and so uh, he'll be leaving live uh, there soon. And a reporter, as they were taking their group photo, and, and if you don't know why there was more than seven people in the G7 photos, because there was a representative of the EU there. Uh, but anyway, a reporter shouted um, something about uh, tariffs and the trade war, and uh, Trump said, "You don't ask me, ask this great lady here, and he pointed to Angela Merkel. Uh, who did not, in fact, answer the question? She just she looked in a very dour fashion towards the camera. Didn't say anything. Uh, well, it is high noon here on the West Coast, so it's time to check in with what's happening. Time for what's happening.
4: Uh,
2: we will check with Aaron Koterski a little later on. Um, it's a it's a Friday news dump, and so new charges against former Trump campaign manager. Paul Manafort, and they—they uh, they are eye popping, but uh, we'll get to that. The death, uh, the suicide of Anthony Bourdain, is still trending around the world. Uh, in fact, and he—he he was actually World CNN uh, has a CNN World, and uh, the parts unknown. His show ran on CNN International, uh, which is out of here in in L.A. Actually, and so they—they they, his his face and his name. Was known everywhere. There's CNN. Way more people watch CNN outside the U.S. and watch CNN now. There was a time when they were the first cable news, you know, network. Uh, they they were the big dog, but now more people uh, watch them outside uh, the U.S. So he was uh, he was known around the world. Found dead Friday morning in his room at a luxury hotel in the tiny village of Kaisersberg in the Alsace um, Alsace region of uh, northeast France. He appeared to have hanged himself, according to Christian de Roquigny Dufayel, the prosecutor of Colmar in the Alsace region southeast, you know, of Kaiserberg. Exact cause of death is under investigation. The hotel declined to comment. Um, He was the host of Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, one of the greatest storytellers of our time. Uh, And if you if you if you are wondering, well, who the hell was this guy or or you never heard of him? His show was on, you know, Sunday nights. I I would really say uh, check the show out because it was. It really was so much more than a food show. That's one of the things I liked. Uh, why it was so eminently watchable was because when he went somewhere, he traveled the way that I travel, that you, you just uh, pick a place, um, drive there, take a train there, whatever, start learning local phrases, you know, the whole thing. He was really good at, at you know, he, his production team was terrific. They made everything look very unscripted, but he always, you know, had a local guide and stuff. He would try anything. Uh, and he was he was really good at sort of showing Americans that, look, not everything is really gross. You know, yes, there are entire swaths of Europe where they eat parts of the cow that we throw away. But uh, occasionally it can taste good. Maybe there's a reason they ate it. Uh, and, and then he always uh, unabashedly, un, unreservedly uh, mixed his meals with alcohol and uh, didn't apologize to anyone and said, this is what you do. When you go to Italy, you uh, you drink red wine. When you're in Germany, this is what you do. And so uh, he he was a unapologetic, uh, big time drinker. Anthony Bourdain. Now I I don't know what's going to happen. Now CNN um, has been in in alternate Trump Bourdain mode uh, all day long. And so I don't know what they do this weekend when his show's on. Uh, I would imagine if I were them, I would be putting together you know sort of a best of or something like that. But I'm not sure because. There's another kind of a big fish to fry in President Trump going to Singapore. So I don't know how they uh, how they deal with this. This is this is ultimately this is what happens when your news network fails to get people uh, to get eyeballs enough to support you broadcasting news. Because on Sunday night, they hand it over to Anthony Bourdain. And, And you know what I know through hard experience? The news happens on Sunday nights. But on CNN, I don't know what their bar is for bailing out of Anthony Bourdain. I get the feeling that a few times they did bail out of the pre-taped Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown for a plane crash, you know, in Baluchistan or something. And they were, were, uh, you know, regaled with angry phone calls about it. So either you're a news network or you're a food network, you know, one or the other. But so anyway, they're going to have to deal with that. On, uh, on Sunday, his fans, the people who who watch that show on Sunday nights, are going to be saying, well, what's this wall-to-wall Singapore crap that I say? And you know what the sort of the, m- the easy medium that they could come up with here would be to run any Anthony Bourdain segments in Singapore. I know I saw a couple that he did. So that's, I'm just saying, I'm just suggesting you might want to uh, give that a, uh, a shot. So here is, and we'll talk with Aaron Katursky here at the bottom of the hour, Uh, New indictments filed against Paul Manafort. He was, at one point, uh, Trump's campaign manager, uh, a longtime uh, campaign advisor to the pro-Kremlin candidates in Ukraine uh, who were funded by the Kremlin. Uh, There's there's really not a lot of daylight between Paul Manafort and and the Kremlin. And I'm just living in the real world. Uh, Before anyone hits send on your angry email, if you don't think that Paul Manafort has a connection to, uh, to the Kremlin, then you don't know anything about Paul Manafort. But <clears throat> regardless, uh, I will accept the answer that, that uh, President Trump gave a couple weeks ago, that he, he really didn't know Paul Manafort. Uh, he, was a, he was given uh, him as a recommendation to run the campaign and et cetera. And after all, after the convention, he stepped down anyway. But <clears throat> uh, Paul Manafort seems to be the guy who, if there is squealing to be done, it looks like it's going to be Paulie Walnuts uh, who does it. Prosecutors have filed a new indictment against former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort uh, that also names as a defendant Konstantin Kilimnik, a close business colleague of Manafort's who prosecutors have said has close ties to Russian intelligence. You know why he has close ties to Russian intelligence? Because Konstantin Klimnik used to be in Russian intelligence. The The Russians have... Two major intelligence agencies. What used to be the KGB is now the FSB. And like the KGB, the majority of their job is internal in in Russia. Uh, They do have a directorate of foreign intelligence called the SVR. But the other primary wing of Russian intelligence is from the Russian Ministry of Defense. It's called the GRU. The GRU were the guys in Burbank in the 80s hanging out in bars trying to ply details about the stealth fighter out of Lockheed workers. True deal. Uh, the GRU are the guys in Monrovia who are dropping uh, Wi-Fi listening devices so that they can uh, they can pull stuff off of the hard drives at AeroVironment for the next generation of American UAVs. They're, the GRU are the guys uh, outside of General Atomics uh, down around San Diego. Who are, the, the GRU are the guys who are not as good as the Chinese around here, but the GRU are here in Southern California because this is where a huge critical mass of American uh, military innovation uh, happens. So anyway, Konstantin Kilimnik was formerly in the GRU. And I I roll my eyes when I say formally because, again, if you know anything about Russian intelligence, uh, just like if you know anything about the Israeli Mossad, There's no such thing as retirement. Retirement means you're not getting a biweekly paycheck with your name on it, but you're still working for them. There's no such thing as a retired GRU guy. But uh, so anyway, he is a co-defendant and close business contact with Paul Manafort. The indictment includes two new charges against both Manafort and Kalimnik, a count of obstruction of justice and a count of conspiracy to obstruct. Um, Kalimnik, 48 years old, of Moscow, is the 20th person to face charges in special counsel Robert Mueller's uh, investigation so uh so is there there uh, there is that uh and so when you when you see that term retired russian intel connections to russian intelligence and retired russian intelligence guy sorry there is no such thing uh, until they pull you out of a building feet first um if you're in russian intelligence you are always in russian intelligence oh by the way we do the same thing um, and and did, did your dad retire and tell you that all along he was working for the CIA? Yeah, you know, he probably was, you know, and that's why you were traveling around the world. Like Greg, Greg Kinnear's dad, you know, broke the news to the kids after he retired. Oh, he used to work for the CIA. And the CIA uh, will always uh, have the have the uh, luxury of calling you back. Uh, and but the Russians, they just simply assume you put 20 years in the GRU. We paid you for 20 years. You got access to the best hospitals. Your kids went to the best schools. You went to the best stores. You got a better apartment, you got a car because you were you know, in the system. You're damn right you work for us uh, f- from this point forward. So, anyway, we'll talk with Aaron Kutursky about that. More of what's trending uh, when we come back here in just a second. It is uh, Gary and Shannon, Brian Suit filling in KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. <music> By AM640. This is one of the greatest Rolling Stones songs, especially for the summer. And this is from, correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, isn't this from Sticky Fingers? What album is this from? Play that, bring it no, up. No, it's uh, Exile on Main Street. Oh, is it Exile? Oh, you're right. Yeah, bring this yeah. up. This is the best part. Oh,
4: no, good
2: That was not the chorus. Yeah, it's a great. That was from their Living in New York Doing a lot of drugs but still producing good music uh, phase, which I believe many groups have never come out of that phase. But um, or I mean, it just it just got worse. All right, continuing what's trending, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you know, after all, if um, record unemployment, low unemployment numbers are reported, uh, in, in this case, a forty-year low in unemployment. Well, the Democrats have to respond, after all, if they uh, do think there's going to be such a thing as a blue wave. Uh, and as John Thomas is talking about with uh, Bill Handel this morning, when the perception of a strong economy, uh, in this case a correct perception of a strong economy, <clears throat> is happening, uh, it's, it's really hard to unseat the, in, uh, the incumbents. But uh, Nancy Pelosi has to try, and uh, here she is from yesterday. Oh come on, Nancy! Let's go back. Here we go. Oh, it's my bad. Well, when I get that, uh, this is why I shouldn't be firing uh, audio off of Twitter. Uh, all right, here's uh, here's Nancy.
5: Hey, unemployment is down. What does that mean to me in my life? <laughs> I need a bigger paycheck.
2: This isn't just she started off saying uh, saying hip hip hooray unemployment is down. I really don't know what the what the thinking there was, but she said hip hip hooray unemployment is down. Uh, what does that mean to me in my life? I need a bigger paycheck. Well, it's really, it's interesting because uh, in the uh, district that she represents, uh, and we hear this all the time. We hear it from Garcetti, uh, we, we, uh, we hear it from Newsom uh, th- about the housing crisis. Okay, this is a self-made crisis because it's so hard to build new housing in California. The, the, the private sector would be answering this challenge by putting up apartments, um, and except that it takes months, if not years, to get permitted, because it's lagging. What is happening up in the Bay Area is that they cannot get busboys for twenty bucks. They can't get waiters for twenty-two bucks. They can't get sous chefs for twenty-five bucks. Look on Craigslist. Um, look, look. Ask your friends up there, in in the areas of San Francisco where the the tech people. Uh, you know the people who are whose base salary is two hundred to three hundred thousand bucks, where they have gentrified parts of San Francisco. The gap, obviously, between really wealthy people and then the people who provide them services is pretty wide. So they're having to what offer wages that will attract people to those jobs. Same thing is is happening in Seattle, but up in San Francisco, um, if you're being paid. 15 bucks an hour you're being uh, you're probably in a really crappy job because if if you're doing something like bussing tables or waiting tables they're having to start if you have any experience whatsoever you're starting at 20 bucks an hour or more in san francisco because the people who do that stuff can't afford to live in san francisco they live outside of san francisco and they drive in and so the the market is going to uh, pay what the uh, what the market will bear. If 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 you're crossing the street for twenty five bucks, then they got to get someone to wait their tables, right? Unless you want to start a really high end restaurant where you bust your own tables. Maybe that would be like a really neat, really really, really clever hook or something like that. But that that is um, make no mistake when when the Garcetti's of the world tell you that we need four hundred million dollars uh, to cure homelessness. There will never be a cure to homelessness. And the cure is definitely not throwing more money at it. Um, here's what you might think about. You might think about going to Sacramento and saying, um, hey, can you, calm t- can you dial back the permitting process in the state of California? Can you dial back some of the environmental crap that, that exceed the federal standards? It's a bit silly because we have um, engineered, we've, we've legislated ourselves into a housing crisis. Where people can't afford to live where they work. And they're on the road. If you want to reduce greenhouse gases, get half the cars off the road, let home builders, apartment builders, build affordable places near where people work. I'm not talking about the middle of Rodeo Drive. But if you work in Beverly Hills, you should be living maybe uh, maybe Northridge. You know, maybe Reseda, right? You're not going to be living in Malibu. And bussing tables, unless you're in a loft or something. But that, that's a that's a very doable path to work. Living in the valley, working in Hollywood. Living in the valley, working in Beverly Hills. Living in the valley, um, even working at LAX. Um, it, downtown LA is growing. Uh, really well-off young people are moving into downtown LA, a block away from Skid Row. Okay, they need... They need waiters. They need all that. Why? I don't get it. Why in downtown L.A., why didn't the city of L.A. blue line entire blocks of of, uh, condemned warehouses, things like that, that can't be occupied by industry anymore, and de-permit a bunch of that and let builders go in there and build apartments that they would rent for, uh, let's call it 800 a month, 1,000 a month, small apartments. But no way. No, not in California. No, 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 no. Because there, there might be an endangered uh, you know Northern California fleshy meat bat or something like that. I don't know, a finless brown trout, somebody who knows what's what's in the LA River. and so you can't do that in California. So it, it start internal, start with that solution here before you come in taxes some more. So All right, when we come back, Aaron Koturski will uh, tell us about some new charges against Paul Manafort and a uh, Russian intelligence agent who's uh, mass, who's, who's uh, per- perpetrating a, a retired guy. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits filling in KFI AM 640. More stimulating
4: talk. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the, the, the swamp. swamp. Swamp Watch.
2: KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon Show. Brian Suits filling in. Uh, Mayor Russ Blewett of Victorville died uh, a little over a week ago at his funeral. One of the city council members was was live live videoing it. We'll get to that here in a second. But <clears throat> Special Counsel Robert Mueller has brought additional charges against against uh, President Donald Trump's former campaign chairman and a longtime associate accusing them of obstructing Justice Aaron Katursky. Uh, joins us w- with more, and this is the result of this thing from about a week ago when we heard that Manafort was using encrypted apps to uh, to talk to friends uh, and and possibly affect their testimonies. Uh, is this a That's result?
6: Right. It was uh, just a couple of days ago, Brian, that the, um, the, the special counsel prosecutor said Manafort was trying to contact a couple of government witnesses. It turned out they had told the FBI that Manafort was essentially asking that they lie when they testify and and perhaps say some things about their work with Manafort in Ukraine that weren't necessarily uh, the the whole truth. Now come the charges, And, and the charges are obstruction of justice and conspiracy to obstruct justice. And your next question is going to be conspiracy- requires two to tango. And so the other person that's named in this superseding indictment is Manafort's longtime associate, uh, Konstantin Kalimnik, who's uh, a Russian, someone who has been the right-hand man of Manafort in Ukraine for a long time.
2: And uh, obviously these people who contacted the FBI are very well aware that if you're contacted by someone you know to be uh, under FBI investigation with a trial impending and you're asked to alter your testimony, you're committing a crime. Is that is that still true?
6: I, I believe that is true in the uh, in these United States. Uh, and and these witnesses either went to the FBI on their own, or the FBI somehow found out and and they copped to it when asked. Um, but but either way, the witnesses themselves are not in trouble here. But Manafort now is. Remember, the the, the prosecutors had already suggested to the judge that Manafort's bail be revoked, and uh, he was supposed to respond to that assertion by today, uh, and, and now, I mean, the, 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 he is facing a grand jury indictment in this regard, so prosecutors not only accused him, but they were able to get a grand jury to, to say, oh, he actually did this.
2: And, and, and as I recall, he had to surrender three passports.
6: He had to surrender a passport, and he's been wearing an ankle bracelet, but the prosecutor said that you, you really shouldn't be committing a crime while you're out on bail, uh, and they uh, appealed to the judge to put him in jail pending trial uh now manafort certainly wants to avoid that and we're awaiting a response from his attorney
2: and uh, yeah it seems like he's got a pretty thin case at this point that uh um, he, he, he just might wind up cooling his heels waiting for his trial to start so mr oh. um mr kalimnik however is is currently in moscow right How, what's what are the chances he gets
6: extradited uh I would say slim to none, but um, you know, you can always name and shame. You can always call people out. You can always uh, further explain to the public what people were alleged to be doing when and with whom. And I think that that um, is, is clearly what you know prosecutors were doing here in in court documents. You know, it, it, it had always been referred to as you know person A or something like that, but now they're calling uh, Kalimnik out directly uh, and naming him and charging him in this superseding indictment.
2: Um, and so what, what is the, the uh, conspiracy that they're uh, accusing them of? Is it, is it... Well,
6: to, to tamper with the witnesses, uh, you know, the, the, the conspiracy, the alleged conspiracy is reaching out either, uh, you know, in, in some kind of coordinated fashion. Uh, you know, maybe Manafort says to Kalimnik, hey, call this guy, get him to say this about our work in Ukraine and not this. And maybe Kalimnik makes that call.
2: Well, and so um, Paulie thinks that he has one degree of separation and that these witnesses are not going to say anything. And uh, worst case, they say nothing. Best case, they alter their uh, testimony. Bob's your uncle. Ice skate. All's good.
6: Well, I think, I mean, y- you can see the calculation, right? You know, yeah. um, Manafort's, let's remember the base charge behind you know, Manafort, and that is um, money laundering and tax evasion, all having to do with his work in Ukraine. And he is saying uh, that he only did work in Ukraine. That's all he did. He didn't need to register as a lobbyist in the States because he didn't do any lobbying in the States. And, And federal prosecutors see it quite differently. They said he had a multi-million dollar lobbying campaign going on in the U.S., uh, at the behest of uh, then-Ukrainian President Yanukovych, uh, who was backed by Russia at the time. And he did have to register, and he didn't. And all the money that he made should have been declared, and it wasn't. And prosecutors say Kalimnik was, was in on it um, and 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 you know, helping Manafort uh, do this. What's other? Uh, another interesting point here, Brian, in these court documents – You also get a sense that that Rick Gates, Manafort's longtime business associate who pleaded guilty, is providing some really useful information to the government because uh, there's a more extensive airing of how Prosecutors now believe Manafort conducted his alleged scheme, and that's the kind of information that must have had to, you know, to have come from an insider.
2: Hmm. Well, the uh, the plot it thickens, as they say. So, uh, so we'll see. It sure seems like the screws are tightening on. Paul Manafort. And and by the way, so what are what are what are our hit times? Is he in front of a? Is he getting arraigned on Monday or getting arraigned today? Or? I
6: haven't seen a um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen a date. So we'll uh, we'll wait for a date. Um, but in the meantime, he is definitely due in court on June 15th to answer the accusation that um, that, uh, you know, he he did tamper and, you know, to, to answer the whole thing with the bail and whether it should be revoked.
2: All right. Uh, Aaron Katursky, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brian. All right. Bye bye. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're about to uh, enter a uh, dense news zone starting this weekend with uh, Trump going to Singapore, et cetera. All right. When when we come back, uh, the city of Victorville mourned when Mayor Russ Blewett died. And many, many showed up at the uh, at him lying in state uh, before his uh, funeral and his memorial. One local city council member decided that it was such a profound event that maybe she should. Do a live video of the open casket. We'll be back right after this. With a big reveal on that one, uh, Brian Suit filling in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. more stimulating talk. It is Gary Shannon. Brian Seuss filling up for Gary Shannon. 1971 is my year. 1972 is Blake's year. So this is Can't You Hear Me knocking? all seven minutes and 53 seconds of it from Sticky Fingers from the Rolling Stones. Oh, this this scorching guitar solo, the ultimate air guitar solo. Mick Taylor, an American, joined the Rolling Stones after Brian Jones was kicked out for being a gigantic booze hound uh, to the point where uh, the the pool vomited him out after he uh, drowned himself, so uh, there's that. Uh, so uh, that's, this is one of my summer songs. That uh, it's, it's weird. This song sounds better in June. Sounds better at at about ninety five degrees in California in June. So uh, so there you go. Well, um, there's nothing more exciting than a bunch of uh, world leaders sitting around a round table in Charlevoix, Quebec. And um, we we won't bring you that spectacle. Um, I mean, besides a laser level, uh, but that is what's going on uh, right now. The president is still there at the uh, big round table. Uh, and there's, did he, there's here. Can you bring up my computer for a second? There actually is audio. And uh, I guess so. I guess they just wrapped up the Fox business. Is is uh, streaming uh, this very very exciting uh, event? And here, here's here's what what kills me as I watch. For instance, Morning Joe this morning. You get a whole bunch of uh, elites like Joe Scarborough, prior congressman. Now he's an MSNBC guy and uh, and the whole thing. And they're clucking and they're furrowing their brow about Trump, stomping around the the G7 and threatening trade wars uh, and, and the whole thing. Well, you know what? The cast of Morning Joe represents about eight votes. OK, what? And, and yes, would a trade war with Canada over pork harm the pork farmers? It would. <clears throat> but in reality, because the other European leaders know that Trump would actually pull the trigger on a trade war, it's not really going to happen. Um, it, it really is not. But what the average Trump voter hears him saying, and and of course, it's shocking Uh, To the uh, Foreign Relations Council, or 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 the various PhDs and other talking heads and pundits who talk about foreign policy, they're shocked at this talk that uh, Trump has. This blunt talk to Angela Merkel and all this, but to the average American, okay, after after 18 years of war, and after the Cold War being end uh, being over, you know, circa 1991, uh, 92. Watching our NATO allies absolutely drop off the cliff of expenditure and leaving America with the bag that Trump, when Trump last year was making his noises about, well, you know what, we're paying for, we're floating the boat for you guys. Maybe we don't do it so much anymore. That's where people in Michigan and Ohio and Wisconsin said, F, yeah, thanks for finally saying that. Because, of course, Obama would never have spoken so bluntly. Uh, like that, Bush sir, sir, was told by his dad not to. Clinton didn't do it. Uh, George Bush didn't do it. Even Reagan didn't do it because, because of course, when Reagan was president, our NATO allies were actually spending quite a bit more. But since the end of the Cold War, they feel like, well, you know, the, well, let's keep NATO together. We'll just stop funding it. We'll just stop paying for it. And it, and so that's why when Trump interacts with Angela Merkel, he's seen someone who is leading the economic engine of Europe and now has been reelected to another term as the the, the Chancellor, as the, the Chancellor of Germany. And she's chiming in on foreign policy and she's cluck clucking at Trump's blunt talk, but she is failing to meet her commitments to funding the German military, which which by the way, they can barely get twenty aircraft in the air today. This is Germany, the, the biggest economy in Europe. The largest country in Europe, they had to borrow helicopters in Afghanistan. And meanwhile, you have the Russians reinforcing the the Polish-Russian border, uh, threatening the low countries, Estonia, and all that. It's the Eastern Europeans that are saying, "So I guess we're the new members of NATO. We got to do all the all the heavy lifting." And and so this is where this is the kind of blunt talk that the average Trump voter understands. And so it's, it's hilarious watching elites sit there and say, oh, no, you just don't say that out loud. OK, well, Trump is sitting there in Quebec with, with the G7. And he's looking around the table at Italy and France and Germany uh, and uh, the U.K. and Canada and Japan. And no American president would ever say this. But Trump can sit there and point his finger at every one of them and say, we literally, we literally – are paying for your defense you could not exist you could not defend yourself if you had to we have been paying the bill since 1945 and that means everybody here we not only rebuilt you and you you two, the number two and three economy in the world we rebuilt you we destroyed you we rebuilt you and we pay for your defense you over here hairdo the only reason you guys here in Canada have national health care is because you don't have to pay for frickin' aircraft carriers. We do. We are paying for your national health service. The the USS Nimitz pays for the 39 million Canadians that have free health care. Because you don't defend yourselves. Americans do it. But he doesn't say that. But I'll tell you what. If he did, this is not a mystery. This is, might be a mystery to Joe Scarborough. But if you're wondering what are the Trump rules, those are those are the Trump rules. We defend you. We pay for your defense. You, your high-speed rail is because you're not paying for an Air Force or a Navy. Yet you F us over with 300% tariffs on pork? You know, California... We have one state, the largest state in the union, and it would, it would be the, f- the fifth largest economy in the world. If they were here at the G7, they would be standing uh, right after Germany. It would go U.S., Japan, Germany, California, and France, U.K., Italy. In Italy, there's a big gap there with you, buddy. But he's, but he's not. He's not saying that so far. But if you're, if you're wondering, you know, what, what is appeal appeals? Because he's saying things that no American president said before, but that Americans have thought. Americans have said how come we're the ones holding the, the, the bill for this party called NATO every anytime we talk about breaking up NATO you guys caterwaul with an accent but then you don't contribute to it uh, we'll be back uh, next hour yeah a city council person in Victorville live streaming an open casket of the beloved uh, late mayor Russ B- blew we'll get to that more Brian suits filling in for Gary and Shannon on KFI m640 more stimulating talk. <laughs> Always on KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk at this Gary and Shannon show here on a super fabulous Friday. Nineteen seventy one is my year. Nineteen seventy two is Blake's year, and I'll admit, up to this point, I think you're winning. Thank you. But can't you hear me knocking? That was a that was a solid body blow. And uh, while well, this is a great song, this, I, you're still reeling from that phenomenal Rolling Stones selection that I had there. Taking in the, it out of my head. In the Just last doodly, hour. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll have Mo on the movies coming up here in a couple minutes. Uh, one of the movies that we'll uh, preview is Ocean's 8, which looks absolutely terrific. Here's a little bit of a taste of Ocean's 8.
0: Please state your name for the record.
6: Daniel Ocean.
0: You have been implicated in over a dozen other confidence schemes and frauds. What do you think you would do if released?
6: I don't know. How much do you guys make a year? It's never been done before. You want to knock over a casino? Three casinos? You got to be nuts. Exactly. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. Smash and grab job, huh?
2: How does Sandra Bullock get cuter? I, this is what I don't get. This is, that is insane.
6: That I'm sounded familiar. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, she, she's, really? she's like 51 or 52. Something like that. That seems very super unique and original. That is crazy. Uh, anyway, that is, uh, oh. that came up, uh, debuted last night, Thursday night. So we'll talk with Mo in the movies on that. Also, some Adam tickets. We'll give those away. And you know what? I'll just give away right now. Free Movie Friday with Adam tickets. It's back. They're giving ye a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text the word REPORTER to ATOM1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. It's the Atom Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip the stinky people in line. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Uh, Well, uh, I don't know if this is a sign of the times or it's what we do in 2018, but the whole um, live streaming the Dead Guys open casket seems... I don't know, not, 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 just not quite done. Local city council members say they were incensed by the actions of Victorville Councilwoman Blanca Gomez, who shot live online video of the open casket of beloved late Mayor Russ Blewett lying in state before his funeral service last week. Uh, Hesperia Councilman Paul Russ told the Daily Press on Monday that the members of the Hesperia Council will, uh, quote, pay a visit to Blanca Gomez. And give her a piece of their minds, close quote, during Tuesday's Victorville City Council meeting. Um Did he really say that? It's in quotes. Pay a visit to this uh Blanca Gomez. Um Russ went on to say, quote, how uncouth and what kind of person shoots and posts a video of an open casket and then films his family, including his grandkids, during a very emotional time. He has a point there. To say the council and the family are incensed would be an understatement, uh, close quote. And that was... <clears throat> it's kind of weird some people are 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 kind of freaked out about open caskets and and the, the, like they you know there there's something obviously in a in a wake in a funeral in a memorial when when the body is present you need to be reverential and a, a lot of people just uh i don't know but yeah please please don't do that i i, I, I and i and here's the thing i get it it's called public viewing and and, and literally if it's Lying out there, and it's an open casket, and anyone can walk in and pay their respects. Then, what line are you crossing by either shooting a still photo or or live videoing it? But it just it does it it, it seems uh, un- unseemly. Uh, I remember when my mom died, we did we did the open casket thing. My girlfriend at the time literally had never seen a dead person, and I mean literally. And that, that's the thing that she was more freaked out about was uh, that we had a memorial. It was an open casket. We walked by. I kissed my mom, and my girlfriend was freaked out. She, first of all, never seen a, a dead person, and then it just freaked her out that I leaned forward and kissed my mom, which is what you do. It's why you have a why you have a uh, an open casket. But uh, but I, I was not walking by with a uh, with a, a, a circa two thousand two. <laughs> Uh, Blackberry with uh, with a video camera <clears throat> and taking selfies. Saying, so, yeah, uh, hey, it's Logan Paul. How you doing? I'm uh, I'm here at the funeral of Mayor Russ Blewett out here in Victorville. Yo, yo. Inland Empire, shout out. 909, what's up? Sir, could you keep it down? Sorry. 909, what's up? Yo, yo. Logan Paul, check my merch at loganpaul.com and my YouTube channel. Is, my, uh, is, is how that might go. The uh, President held a uh, impromptu, usually uh, when the helicopter's warming up and you're on your way to an event, you give it a, yeah. You, know, you give it like five or ten minutes, you uh, you chat it up, throw some answers out there. The president was out there for a half hour easily, easily, and and I kept stepping back in and catching a little bit of it. He talked about Do- Dennis Rodman being a phenomenal rebounder. Uh, Rodman did announce today on Twitter that PotCoin is, in fact, sponsoring uh, his trip to Singapore, so uh, Potcoin, the cryptocurrency that uh, th- th- apparently makes you forget that you just ate breakfast or something. So he talked about Rodman, he talked about the the various pardons, he talked about letting Russia back into the, G- making the G7 the G8 by adding Russia again. He uh, talked about all sorts of things, pardons, loves pardons, you know, the whole thing. So at one point, uh, as he was running down uh, some of the people he- he's pardoned, he was asked about who he's going to pardon next. If, you're, uh, if you've heard the answer before, don't shout it out. But the answer is, would you pardon OJ?
4: There will be more pardons. Uh, I thought Alice yesterday was beautiful. I thought Jack Johnson, which was recommended by Sylvester Sloan and some great boxers. I thought Jack Johnson was a great one. I'm thinking about somebody that you all know very well, and he went through a lot and he wasn't very popular then is it OJ? and he wasn't very popular then no i'm not thinking about oj you heard that uh, he was fr- shouted from the gallery from the crowd is it oj popular then is it OJ? and he wasn't very popular then no i'm not thinking about oj but he's not only you could say oj but he's uh, he was look he was not very popular then he certainly his memory is very popular now I'm thinking about Muhammad Ali. I'm thinking about that very seriously. And some others. And some folks that have sentences that aren't there. But I am thinking about Muhammad Ali. Don't really take me to fire. In fact, we're doing right now recommendations on, you know, frankly, we're doing recommendations on Muhammad Ali.
2: Muhammad Ali was convicted by a federal court. Uh, he uh, um, chose to refuse to serve and answer his draft notice. Uh, he went to trial. He was convicted. And he served his time, and he, I, I have to admire his his uh, commitment and uh, and and all that. Uh, he he didn't go to Canada, by the way. Muhammad Ali did not go to Canada, but he he uh, faced the music, and paid the price. and And some say paid professionally, though his his uh, glory moments were after that. But <clears throat> nevertheless, the conviction's still on the records. And so uh, Trump. Pardoning Muhammad Ali. This is one of these things that it's kind of a surprise. People people look at Jack Johnson, and they go, well, "He wasn't pardoned prior to that," and and we had a black president for eight years, and Jack Johnson was very rather clearly the victim of bias and prejudice throughout his professional career, um, and, and 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 yeah, uh, according to I believe it was the Mann Act, uh, it was illegal to take uh, take the women's across state lines for immoral purposes. Uh, but that was sort of geared towards prostitution and child trafficking, sex trafficking. Jack Johnson was arrested because it was a white woman uh, who, who, by the way, he was betrothed. betrothed. Uh, but but uh, so, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to people that Jack Johnson, it, it, it took until whatever, three weeks ago for Jack Johnson to get uh, pardoned. And uh, now Muhammad Ali. But um, uh, Ali died a couple years ago. But he has a federal conviction. And, and, and you know, I got to tell you is here here's here's something I want to know did he ever ask to be pardoned um, uh, because I, I don't recall him ever asking to be pardoned he did his time and he might be like you know what screw it I did my time you did your thing I did my thing uh then I was the uh, the greatest of all time uh, we'll be back right after this with Mo on the movies oceans 8 comes out a bunch of other things and uh, we'll talk about it right after this Gary and Shannon Brians filling in KFI am 640 more stimulating talk welcome to Mo on the
3: movies. Oh, Red! Don't be ridiculous, darling. It's Mo on the movies. Kiss me. Not a chance.
2: Gary and Shannon, KFI, M six forty. More stimulating talk. Brian Seats filling in for Gary and Shannon. Mo Kelly joins us for the Friday segment, Mo on the movies, and all uh, our final Adam tickets uh, giveaway. Well, I'll do that here uh, after uh, after we're done. Um I guess we're kind of in the the uh, the exhale of the summer, right? We're in the wake of Deadpool 2. Um uh, uh whatchamacallit War. It's weird because Solo. we're We're in the exhale and
1: we're not even to the 4th of July weekend.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and and again, I get my advice go see Deadpool 2 a second time before you see Solo, but I might you know, what, I might go see Solo again. I'm, I think maybe I missed something. I liked it. I,
1: I, You know what? And I think it's misleading because they want to hold it up against other Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah. <clears throat> and that wasn't the point. And when you have an expectation that a Star Wars movie is going to do 500 million or better, then yes, you're setting yourself up for a likely disappointment yeah. eventually.
2: Yeah. And and you will not be disappointed seeing Deadpool 2 a uh, second time. Uh, Well, I, what do you want to start with?
1: Let's talk uh, about... Well, actually, let me say one more thing about... Solo because I think it's getting an unfair rap, if only because they talk about his production costs. Well, you have to remember they changed directors midway. Yeah. You know, between uh, Chris Miller, Phil Lord, and then switching over to Ron Howard, that's an extra hundred million right there. I'm sure. So if you want to talk about it losing money, put it in that correct context.
2: And that, and also, I was biased before the movie came out because the directors they hired, who did the Lego movie and Lego Batman, which are hilarious movies, I thought, man, this is going to nail it. I can't wait to see Solo live action. And when they fired them, I just said, well, what's Ron Howard? Is it going to have a happy, uplifting ending? A life affirming ending. It, we'll never know what was changed, what
1: was reshot. Yeah, you know, I would love to see the uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller rendition of the movie and compare it side by side, but we'll never know.
2: Yeah, uh, and and speaking of, uh, and we're still weeks away from Jurassic Park, whatever, right? Isn't that that's still like two weeks away from me? Yes, right? yes, yeah. And Chris Pratt is already some. I I don't want to say this cynically, but some kid was dying. He sent him a letter and said, "I really want to see this new Jurassic Park movie before I pass away." And Chris Pratt publicly said, "It's a formula. <laughs> You've seen it before. I mean, how many Don't times? About it. I mean, how
1: many times can a dinosaurs get loose and kill everyone? No,
2: no. This time there's a volcano, like in Hawaii. Yeah. See what they've done there. They've they've thrown a monkey wrench in there. You're dealing with dinosaurs and lava. And now you have to go save oh, the dinosaurs. Good. Yeah. No. Yeah. it will save your money there." Um, yeah, so what do you want? I have something queued up. You want me to hit that? Yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> Here we go. Ocean's A. Do you know this one?
5: No.
4: Debbie Ocean, convicted felon. Her brother, Danny Ocean, more convicted felon. She was present on the night of the incident. Ooh.
5: So.
2: It's not okay. 11 guys. You
5: always saw Not exactly. The diamond mine. Yes, that's exactly right. Or. What?
1: the
2: met so they're gonna there's gonna be a heist at an event at the met it's in new york sandra bullock is george clooney's sister is what's her name ocean danny ocean's sister and so it exists in the same universe. I, I, I like that. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and they also have Elliot Gould, who's reprising his role as Ruben. So there will be some overlapping connections, unlike Ghostbusters, where you just had an all-female cast for no particular reason, with no connection.
2: Yeah, and, and being from another parallel dimension had never attacked Manhattan before.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was stupid. But I mean, from everything I've seen, everything I've heard, I have not seen it yet. I am eagerly looking forward to seeing this because it is a continuation on another on another level of the franchise. Like Solo was an extension of the Star Wars franchise,
2: and I because I, I want to see you know who wrote it, directed it. It seems there's snappy dialogue and it's funny. That was the, the attraction of Ocean's Eleven. If this movie replicates that, I don't care that it's an all female cast. Not I, at all. I want to see good directing. A uh, good good dialogue and maybe a maybe a dressing room scene. I think we all love a good heist movie. If it is a good
1: heist movie, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. If it isn't, mm. then people will say, "Well, why did you change so much just to make a bad movie?"
2: A uh, good good caper movies and and I forget which of the oceans mo- which ocean movie started with. Oh, it was Thirteen, where Brad Pitt is hacking into a vault up in Santa Clarita from a Toys R Us. Isn't that Thirteen? Uh, and they yeah. thought Elliot Gould was dying. Mm-hmm. And he's, been, he's dying in all three movies. All three. So, uh, and it did pretty well last night. It won Thursday night. It had a soft release Thursday night. Uh, and it, it uh, won the evening nut up against a heck of a lot of competition. So we'll see how it, it'll easily beat Solo this weekend.
1: Yeah, if it has a, a, a nice trick cameo in there, then it can do even better.
2: Uh, have you uh, Hereditary. Have you, I just saw the trailer for this thing.
1: Just saw it, but it's actually pretty intriguing.
2: I don't do horror movies. Either this do looks I. really good. It, it looks horror
1: in the sense of suspenseful, not just uh, bump and jump.
2: Yeah, and then also um, there's some heavy-hitting uh, you know, awards. This thing debuted at Sundance a couple of months ago. There's an immense buzz about this movie, Hereditary. It looks good and creepy.
1: Well, you and I seem to be on the same page with most movies, so that's encouraging.
2: Yeah, and I, like I say, it takes a lot for me to go to a movie like that, because I get it, the music crescendos, and then... Something's going to happen. Then, <laughs> oh, then, oh, oh, you scared me. Oh, no, my popcorn's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, all right, anything out on video that you want to uh, shout out?
1: No, no, I, I don't do video for the most part.
2: Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I've got... There's a line I won't cross, and I wait for it out on video, but so far, nothing. Uh, uh, nothing's out on video. Nothing like, is uh, peaking But I anxious. haven't seen in theater already. Right. So, uh, all righty, then uh, we'll give away the Adam tickets here when we come back. Uh, Mo Kelly, thank you very much. Of course, uh, Mo Kelly show tomorrow night, 6 to 8, Sunday night, uh, 6 to 8. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Oakley Doakley, we'll be back right after this. Brian St. Finley in for Gary and Shannon on the Gary and Shannon Show. KFI AM 640, we're stimulating talk. (laughs) stimulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon here on a Friday. Brian's in England for Gary and Shannon. And uh, they, uh, Shannon will be back on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Then Gary will be back on Wednesday. And the Wonder Twins will be reunited. And they will uh, take the form of an ice bridge. Um, tomorrow night uh, on Dark Secret Place. Uh, it will be a whole lot of North Korea uh, and um, a breaking story. The Chinese evidently have stolen about 800 gigabytes from a defense contractor that did not have uh, a, a, well 800 gigabytes plus of data um, uh, secure behind a, 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 a secure wall or, or in the Pentagon. It's called a Cipernet on a standalone system. Uh, and so they're just assessing the damage on this one. But a, a major piece of espionage uh, by the Chinese, who are in the middle of doing major pieces of espionage. Uh, and, and the deal is, now that the cat's out of the bag, I guess, um, the U.S. Navy's been developing a hypersonic cruise missile to be launched from submarines. And why? yes, it is called Sea Dragon, um, and the contractor apparently had all these disparate parts of the program um, uh, and uh, un- unsecured. And the Chinese do what the Chinese do. They they, they ripped it. They got it. So well, I'll talk about that tomorrow night. Um, and then on Monday night, if you, uh, you want to stay up and watch the, any of the live coverage of Trump uh, arriving in Singapore and some of the coverage of the initial meetings and things like that, that'll be Monday night on Fox News and Fox Business Channel. And I'll be contributing um, for a couple hours here from the West Coast. Uh, starting around 11 p.m., and so I'll probably wear mm, the blue tie. And so that'll be uh, Fox uh, overnight, Monday night, all the way into Tuesday morning. Uh, and then the and this will be mainly the the arrival of of Trump. And then the uh, summit itself might go past Wednesday, the Wednesday hour time, which would be Thursday there. Uh, the, Trump has even floated the idea of golfing with Kim Jong Un. We didn't we didn't, don't even know if he golfs. But uh, we know he's a big basketball fan because Dennis Rodman is confirmed. Dennis Rodman is going to be in Singapore. And if Kim Jong-un knows that his buddy is there, he'll want to meet him. And and Dennis Rodman tweeted out earlier today that his his trip to Singapore is sponsored by Potcoin. Potcoin, the marijuana-friendly cryptocurrency. This is the world we live in in 2018. So there uh, there is that. In um, Val Kilmer, you know, I haven't seen any backlash on this yet, but uh, Val Kilmer is uh, blasting Anthony Bourdain for a so-called selfish suicide on a, a long, rambling Facebook uh, posting. Val Kilmer, I guess early this morning or, or late late last night, the news, the news came out of France, uh, I, I guess around 2 a.m. our time. So I don't know if Val Coomer was uh, awake or or hadn't gone to bed yet or whatever, but he said, uh, quote, Oh, the dark, thick pain of loss, the selfishness. How many moments away were you from feeling the love that was universal from every corner of the world? You were so loved, so selfish. You've given us cause to be so angry. Then I found out, um, and I guess I shouldn't have assumed this, so let me correct myself. Um, Val Kilmer talks in here about he he considered naming his new studio Bourdain's um, and and all this uh, and he he compares his battle with throat cancer two year, years ago with Anthony Bourdain's um, depression or or whatever. Here's here's the kicker: we couldn't find this out. Val Kilmer has literally never met Anthony Bourdain, so I I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because I assumed well. There, you know, there must be personal uh, loss there and grief, and and it's really hard to you know pass judgment on someone having lost a friend. Phil Kilmer never met him, but uh, he continued talking about the uh, selfishness of leaving an eleven-year-old daughter behind, uh, and all this. And he ends cryptically saying, "Quote: You left too too soon, my friend. I fell asleep to watch you enjoy. I fell asleep to watching you enjoy Uruguay last night. It was a rerun." But I always find something I didn't see before. You left too soon and I'm going to prove it. Close quote. I don't know how he can he can prove it, but <clears throat> he says he'll, uh, he'll he'll prove it um, one of the things some some layers on this and I, I'm not dwelling too much on a celebrity suicide just because they're a celebrity but but some of the layers that that we've discovered uh, for instance tmZ unearthed, a segment from Anthony Bourdain in Argentina where he he expressed admiration for Argentina's uh, national embrace of psychotherapy or or psychiatric counseling and mental health awareness and things like that. So he laid down with an Argentinian psychiatrist. So I'll play that here in just a second. But the deal was Bourdain was dating the 42-year-old Italian model named Asia Argento, and she's the one who uh, Harvey Weinstein propositioned last year uh, apparently tried to get physical with her. She went to New York Police. Um, you know, Anthony Bourdain's in New York. She's there. You know, living with him. They were dating at the time. Uh, she went to NYPD and and said, "This guy, I have another meeting with him. He was uh, he was looming and threatening me." NYPD gave her a wire. She wore a wire, and that's what <clears throat> uh, Ronan Farron, uh, Farrow Faro, pardon me, was. Uh, writing about in the uh, uh, what was it the New Yorker last year, they had the audio of Harvey Weinstein just sliming all over her, saying, "No, don't leave. No, don't leave. No, come on, come on, and come in. Come in my room. I won't touch you. Just come in my room." And he was doing this slimy thing where a woman comes in and he says, "Just sit there. Just sit there while I while I pleasure myself." And so anyway, she wore a wire, and this is the basis of the NYPD case. So so anyway, Anthony Bourdain, this is his girlfriend, Asia Argento, right? So he uh, tweets out a picture of the two of them about two weeks ago in Florence, Italy, and they're very lovey-dovey. And then last week, they wrapped in Hong Kong, and she's on the set. So now he goes to France. Without her, she goes home to Rome. And then yesterday, pictures paparazzi pictures crop up of his girlfriend with her arms around an Italian photographer um, holding hands. Uh, um, arms around each other's waists, not not in a friendly European way, but in sort of a uh, you know, hey, we're doinking sort of way. So here's Anthony Bourdain um, describing uh, his triggers for depression. This this is um, this was not a bit. He really was lying down with a psychiatrist on his show, parts unknown, describing the things that trigger him into deep depression.
4: So Tony, what brought you here?
2: What brought me here? Uh, Well, things have been happening. Like, uh, I will find
3: myself in an airport, for instance, and I'll order an airport hamburger. It's an insignificant thing. It's a small thing. It's a hamburger. But it's not a good one. Suddenly, I look at the hamburger and I find myself in a spiral of depression that can last for days. George Orwell said something that really upset me. He talked about human beings are essentially tubes into which we shove food. Mm-hmm. And this is my job. I travel around the world with these people and and they turn on the cameras. And then for a certain period of time, my job is to shove food into my face. I feel like a Cosimoto, the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. If, if, if he stayed in nice hotel suites with high thread count sheets... That would be me.
2: I should point out that he was internationally famous for shoving food into his tube, into his face, and and was a very wealthy guy because of his books and and because of the show and the whole thing. But I I don't want to judge. I
3: feel kind of like a freak, and I feel very isolated. I communicate for a living, but I'm terrible at communicating with people I care about. There's the evil cheeseburger that sets me off, the yeah. evil hamburger. Suddenly I'm super depressed for days. It's like that with the good stuff, too. I have a couple of happy minutes there where I'm thinking, ah, oh, life is pretty good.
2: So that was not a joke. That was apparently self-revelation. That was from a couple seasons ago, Anthony Bourdain sitting down with a uh, psychiatrist so so who knows who knows what triggered him his his girlfriend called him the love of her life on twitter earlier today and didn't respond to uh, the photos of her loving on some uh, some italian guy uh, we'll be back right after this, this is gary chen and show brian suits back one more time at kfi am 640 more stimulating talk julie slater
6: with the news and Real story. You don't tug on superman's cape you don't KFI M
2: AM640 more stimulating talk. We continue our parade of dead celebrities. Jim Croce, nineteen seventy two. And source me on this, Nick. When did Jim Jim Croce died in a plane crash? Not not long after that. <clears throat> I want to say 72, 73 A terrific artist, the uh, the the, uh, the Jim Croce. Uh, Brian Smith filling in for Gary and Shannon. Johnny Kennedy coming up uh, next, but let's give away some Adam Tickies. Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets is back. They are giving you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text REPORTER to ADAM1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to wean. It's the Adam Tickets app. Where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip the lines for the stinky people to talk back to the screen, which you don't do in a movie. Standard data and text messages, message rates may apply. We do have breaking news from our news partner, WBKN in Niles, Ohio. Um, they have reported on Youngstown's battle with high grass, but it's also growing out of control in other communities, including Niles, Ohio. The grass at Hetz Park has ever grown, and the land is really wet. Parks Director Robert Burke said the park is in a flood zone and heavy mowing equipment would get stuck there if they tried to mow now. He said the grass will be cut as soon as the ground dries. So thank you. Our, our eyes on Niles uh, still uh, still happening there. Um, well, uh, I, I, Nick, you're an impartial judge. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, in fact, so is Julie Slater. Uh, I know they're, they're doing a shift change uh, in there as they polish the fire truck. Who won today? Did 1971 win today, Julie Slater, or did 1972 win? I do have a secret weapon ready to
0: go. Well, I I should be totally honest. I'm not an impartial judge. Is
2: it good music? What do you mean? There's a
0: chance we teamed up. I I gave him a a number of those.
2: So you two a-holes were 1972? Correct. And I'm holding up 71 on my own? I'm just going to throw up there, though, that you technically picked 72 because you said whatever year was brandy. Yeah, and that's why we started with brandy. So that should be my win. That's like and an own goal. Decide- but so, so we, we were say, choosing uh, the song. Soccer own. You're goal. saying that because you you picked both teams that you should win no matter what. That I should get the brandy win, even though that was 72. I picked it. So Julie Slater, who I don't know. What year was the Stone song? 71. Which way? That's which one, which, we, one, we which one, one? We did two. We did two Stone songs. One was 71. One was 72. Can't you hear me knocking? Was with Mick Taylor, was 71. That was mine. We had rocks off. Hmm. That's difficult. Is that the tiebreaker? Do you need a tie Cuz am I is my computer up, Blake? Yeah. Here here is my my last punch at night. Here's 1971 punching 1972.
5: Come a little bit closer, You're my kind of man. So big and so strong. Come a little bit closer. I'm all alone and the night is so long.
2: Bam <laughs> We started to dance in my own city. what do you got, Blake? Can you beat this? This, I should also point out that probably one of the best scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy Two was uh, the arrow flying around killing everybody, and it was uh, it was to this. It was to to this fine song. So I'll, I, I know that's short notice. That's so unfair. I'll give you. I'll give you uh, uh, like thirty seconds. So Julie, I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, just you're, I don't
5: care for that song. You don't like that one,
2: Jay and the Americans? Really? No. Well, hashtag me too. Oh, sorry. Damn you, Blake. Playing the John Denver card. That's unfair. Denver for the win. That's another uh, plane crash, right? And that's all me. Yeah, but that's self. (laughs) Well. (laughs) That doesn't count. Jim Croce wasn't flying the plane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did Roy Halladay make any songs in 72? <laughs> no. So anyway, well, if you're going to pull out your secret weapon, I, I can't. I surrender if you whip out John Denver. All right. Blake wins. 1972 wins. It moves on. Uh, whatever. I, I will still hold out for 71. Um, luckily, Shannon is back on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Neil Savidra is going to sit in with Shannon because uh, I never get to sit in with anyone because I just have to be here alone because I'm just such an a-hole. But uh, Monday night I'll be on Fox News, <clears throat> the coverage of uh, Trump arriving in Singapore starting at midnight. So break up your sleep pattern because of me or just set your DVR whatever. John Kenner up next. Thanks to uh, to Blake and Nick Viverka, uh, Julie Slater who's walking out, and Deborah Marks who's sitting down. John Kenner up next. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk.